Spread a console, the golden disc Maximals came after them And they crashed both their ships Landed on the earth with two moons They fought in the beast wars I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast War and beast We talk about things like Energon and protoforms and sparks War and beast War and beast How the Maximals have no end game And Megatron's not smart War and beast War and beast Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that knows when it's out of its element, it calls in an expert. I'm Greg. I've transformed into Emily. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And I'm Joe with the Atlanta Ghostbusters. Hi, this, Joe. Yep, this week we're Bye. welcoming Joe back. and we, we needed an expert this week for our episode. We're reviewing exactly. episode 21. And episode 21 is... Possession. Be good if I can actually pronunciate. So get those technical terms correct. Exactly. So yeah, this week it was a pretty good episode. We actually have a few callbacks uh, to some Transformers lore, some history, as it were. Uh, but I know uh, Joe, you had wanted to uh, to come on this episode specifically after the last episode that we had you on. So we we're glad that you were able to join us again. Yeah, well, it's it had a lot to do with the fact that I, I didn't remember very many plots of episodes of Beast Wars, but I sure as heck remembered this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you want to know more about Joe, he was on another episode. Go listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, I was, on, I was on episode six, and I'm... Don't go listen to it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good episode. It's the first one that I hosted. I, I thought I liked oh, okay. it. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That yeah. was a good one. Yep. Um, that, was the one, that was the one where apparently I died. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, we suggested you, you die, but you didn't. <laughs> but you're, yeah. you're, you're back I, again. I, 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 I thought I could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is our first returning guest, I guess, right? right? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great to have you back, Joe. Yeah, happy to be a service. Have so, you had any Beast Wars events happen in your life in the last <laughs> however long it's been? Uh, I can't say. I can't say that they have. No. Okay, I listen to a lot of these rewatch podcasts, so I know what the lines are. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kendall's just going through the motions now. I, I am. I mean, that's kind of my shtick, isn't it? I read stuff off of IMDb. That's the point. Oh, <laughs> you do more than that. K- Kendall is genre savvy. <laughs> okay, okay, yep, yeah, of the of the rewatch podcast genre. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep, that works. That works for me. So, um, before we get started, how many times do you think Waspinator died in this episode? Just once or twice? Uh, once. I, I was brought yeah, back to life the second once. time. 
Yeah. He was he was brought back to life a second time. Okay, okay. So so he was still he was still dead when Starscream got blown up. Yeah. Also, I should add Starscream to the list of deaths. <laughs> yeah, we could sort of yeah. count that. I think hey, we, can. we count random thing random things getting blown up and and uh and being put Squash back together in the next and, scene. Yeah. Like Yes, that's I, the whole point of this. <laughs> is yeah. that there are lots of deaths that don't count. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the last episode of our show where Candle just lists every single death that happened. <laughs> I'm not going to list every death. Them. I'll give you. I'll He's give you the number. Give us the tallies. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's still. It's like. It's like okay. So, <laughs> Waspinator has died. Blah 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 blah. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Not that I'm looking forward to this ending because it's right. Right. <laughs> you know, at this point, at this point, Waspinator and Dinobot have died the same number of times. Huh. So, keep that in mind. Uh, it's good to be a robot. <laughs> yeah, they each died four times. Yeah. Okay, um, so the uh, the IMDb. Um, <laughs> so there's 12 items here, so I might skip some of them if they're dumb or if they're good because I want to read the dumb ones. I don't know. Um, uh, that's not even trivia. Starscream's actual fate was the thing that she said that she said. If you saw the original well, Transformers G1 movie, you, you would see exactly what happened to it. Yeah, yeah, it, that's what it says. It says the yeah. thing that happened oh. in the Transformers movie is what happened. He was um, a victim of, of bad of comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah he, I, I love that little bit of continuity. That was great. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, well, possessed by Starscream, one of Waspinator's Predacon insignias, as seen on the side of his head, changes into a Decepticon insignia. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhinox, at one point, says, it's trampling time. This refers yeah. to the thing of the Fantastic Four. Um, did anybody else notice I just echoed? No. No, no, no I don't think okay. I an echo. Okay. Joe, you're using headphones, right? I'm using headphones. Okay. Okay, good. I. It's probably some weird thing in my thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's all in your head, Kendall. Yeah, maybe. You gotta, um, you gotta clean out your thing every now and again. Okay, so the <laughs> so this it, is real. This is real trivia. This is real trivia, <laughs> and I'm gonna summarize it. So according to uh, Bob Forward, the scene where Optimus just like breaks out of his shackles, it originally had a very complex method of breaking free, which involved tools and the dexterity of his beast mode in quotes appendages. Uh, but due to time and monetary constraints, the animators alter this to be simply bursting from his bonds, which I think is better. I think him him busting through is better because it sort of plays with my take on the character that he's always holding back. That's true. So, and so also, I was thinking... You mean his uh, dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> he does All flex right. his chest. Um, <laughs> What I, I was going to say, it also goes with that Starscream does not understand what has changed since uh, they've gone and become uh, the Maximals and the Predacons. So maybe he just didn't... That's That was also my take, was that he didn't realize that a beast form like a gorilla could actually mm. could actually do that. Because it's a, it's a mammal gorilla. Why would it be that strong? Yeah, I actually mm-hmm. can see it. He's looking down on organics. He's like, mm-hmm. Organ- yeah. I mean, nothing organic could break out of these shackles. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it like definitely Kendall's would like make sense. Back yeah. Thing. Yeah, it definitely would make sense that that Starscream would not be an expert on the tactics of the Beast Wars. Um so uh I'm going to com- combine the next two. So uh Doug Parker who voices Pterosaur voices Starscream uh because this was actually a plot by Pterosaur the whole time and that wasn't really Starscream. 
Um, <laughs> that's my theory. Uh, he's, just, he's just a very accomplished. Uh, uh, what's it called? Ventriloquist. Uh, Ventriloquist. Thank you. I thought it was a. I don't know. I thought they were going to reveal something at the end of the episode that he was like, because like when he does the thing, the thing happens. I'll say it when we do the review. Um, <laughs> also, they thought about they thought about having um, since pterosaurs the star scream of Beast Wars uh, in quotes. Uh, they thought about having him getting pterosaur get possessed, but instead they did it with Waspinator because it would be a more interesting dynamic. Can, can I point out something? Uh-huh. On the on the trivia page on there, they say that too. But they also said that if it was uh, since you know Parker's Starscream is basically pterosaur with a metal- metallic dis- distortion, if they mm. did that, no one would notice. The no difference. one would notice. Yeah. Well, no, because pterosaur would suddenly suddenly become competent. Yeah, um, it'd be a Tom, different you know they, it'd be a different episode. I, w- I would also argue with my limited familiarity with uh, Beast Wars, just because of the amount of time. I, I still remember uh, Waspinator as being another Starscream analog for how much he gets shot at. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I've not seen any uh, Transformers cartoons besides Beast Wars, but my understanding is that Starscream's always the guy that's that's kind of trying to take over the, for the lead. And in from what I've seen of Beast Wars, all of the Predacons except for Scorponok are actually the Starscream of, of Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's kind of like in Marvel Comics where all of the characters become Wolverine, and in DC Comics where all of the characters become Batman. <laughs> yeah, it just was the most of intriguing Before. part of like the original Transformers uh, line. So they're just like, what if we just did that all the time yep. and never stopped? Yep, yep. Actually, <laughs> that's very apt to the Batman comparison. Um, I, I was. When we were talking earlier, I reposted that 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 link to the to that little s- screenshot of basically Megatron gets shot and falls down like he's completely <laughs> fine. He just can't stand yeah. up, and immediately Starscream takes off. He's like, "I now lead." Yeah, Megatron has Megatron fallen. has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's fallen and he hasn't can't get up. Wait, okay, now I lead. Okay, this next piece of trivia is actually huge. I totally missed it. I don't think I was, like, getting a snack during this scene. Okay, so so there are four references to the Terminator in this episode. There's four? Yes. What? I know there's at least one. So, yeah. so Waspinator is one. Optimus gets sunglasses. Yeah, Optimus <laughs> gets sunglasses. When he's, flying, yeah. when he's flying yeah, when he's flying away says from la vista. and he says hasta la vista so that's two and then waspinator is three and then um uh oh does starscream say i'll be back at the end yes yes he does. oh so that's it yeah a thousand it says, years i'll be back i'll be back yeah so hasta la vista so that's like out and out and i, mean, I think know, lots of people have said that though i mean death is but yeah. a door time is but a window yeah but this is the <laughs> 90s this is the '90s. I think people forget how um, how iconic those like couple of lines from Terminator were, and how you how everywhere they were in the '90s. Um, you know, it comes up a hand, every once in a while in teenagers with attitude when they say pasta la pizza, the pe- pasta la pizza. Um, I think, I just I remember I I have still to this day never seen Terminator Two. Um, but as a kid, that. pretty good. You should yeah. fix that. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I <laughs> gotta. I I'll, I'll get there. I wait. I, I know that you don't like things that are about robots, but 
<laughs> Maybe we can have you on as a guest from Molly Movie Monday. <laughs> well, I've seen, I've called. seen, see, I've seen most of Terminator. I think I've seen all of Terminator. Oh shit! But I saw, I saw it so many times before I saw the original. But I, but yeah, I. I, I think I've seen because I watched it was like I watched most of Terminator and then I fell asleep because it was late and then I I think I finished it but I don't remember how it ends so I must not have um, and then and then uh, yeah I, I've never seen Terminator two but my point is as a child I was constantly saying hasta la vista and I'll be back and wearing sunglasses. Did any of you guys have the toys the Terminator toys? No, but I did see I, them growing up. My, my friend I had, had one that was really cool. That was back in the what the fuck era of marketing toys to kids for things they hey, should I not have, be experiencing. I had all it. the aliens toys, I'll have you know. I had the Mantis yeah. alien. My friend had a bunch of alien toys, and that was my only exposure to aliens when I was a kid. The alien 3 was toys. the first rated R movie I ever saw. And then I finally actually saw the aliens movie. I'm like, aw, all the characters I had. They're dead. <laughs> it was it was the summer that those toys first came out that I saw the Alien movies because I was interested in it because of the toys. So basically, they did exactly what everyone yeah. was worried about. And then my brother and I watched the entire Alien uh, trilogy uh, at the time, and we came out okay. Like I didn't even remember how <laughs> like being particularly scared scared of it, but that's probably because any time that there was a quiet moment in the original, I just like got bored and like played with my toys. <laughs> so, um, you guys see that this ref, this episode references something even more important than Terminator. Mm-hmm. This, the, this Japanese rep episode title references let's place. <gasps> the episode oh, title know. was Fujimi. No Starscream, And one of the let's place games that always comes up is Fujimi. No Umi, no Nadia or something like that. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've gone to that yet. Yeah. Before its time. It was yeah. ahead of its time, rather. What does Fujimi mean? <laughs> Fujimi must mean the immortal. Or Fujimi No is the immortal Starscream. So maybe Fujimi No yeah. is like, you if can't I die. It is immortal. So like, Fujimi is you can't Marcus. die or something. I don't know. No, yeah, it's usually like marking but... of being or like belonging to. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, possessive. Exactly. It's possessive. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Possessive. Ah, possessive. Oh. So Starscream is possessive of the immortality. Oh my god, so many, like, it's going in circles and circles, you guys. <laughs> Layers. Layers. <laughs> like an onion. Like, a, like an ogre. Like a parfait. <laughs> okay, so, this is not the only time Starscream's Spark or Ghost, as it was then called, because Spark was not a term until Beast Wars, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ghost possesses several Decepticons, uh, just like in Red vs. Blue, when the, when the character dies. That's it's a rev this because this episode the whole point of this episode is that is that Beast Wars is red versus blue because they get two bases in the middle of nowhere with no way in or out, um, and somehow that's better. Uh, but uh, including uh, Cyclonus, Scourge, Astro Train, and the Trypticon. Did I pronounce those right? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds bad, but yeah. Uh, in Astro the tra- in best. the Transformers. 1984 episodes Starscream's Ghosts and Ghost mm-hmm. in the Machine. Um, let's see here. The Is poses there any m- mention of Popeye. Uh, well, I haven't. I've still got three trivia uh, things to read, okay. so we'll see. Um, I was curious. Uh, so it says the poses Waspinator, which obviously is possessed Waspinator, makes 
makes oh the pose is what no actually no it's the, the I'm yeah, gonna read possessed. what it says now the poses <laughs> Waspinator makes when he is possessed by Starscream are much more heroic than normal to reflect Starscream's personality. Um, originally, the episode was going to feature the spirit of an Autobot. However, this was changed to a Decepticon upon the appearance of Scarscream in the web. Oh, the web, that's when Cheetor yeah, sees the future, right? Had, okay. Yeah, had his future dream. And uh, finally, Black Arachnia mockingly asked Starscream if all his dreams are in Technicolor. This refers to the original Transformers TV series, which was yeah. animated with Technicolor. I, I caught that. <laughs> I, I was pretty impressed. I... <laughs> Knew it was a joke that I did not get. <laughs> and I'm glad that I read this thing to explain it. I didn't realize it was connected to Transformers. I just remembered that every every color cartoon from, like, the early era. Right, it's in Technicolor. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, you know, I don't know how time works, so. So, Jordan, was there anything else on the TF wiki? Uh, just a few. So, there's, this one is kind of long so i'll try to summarize it but there is some interesting points because we have another shot of the earth with two moons so once again there's a huge thing about the continents because they are just all over the place <laughs> yeah so like looking at the in- intro sequence uh it looks like his like starscream spark appears to touch down on a continent that resembles north america and somewhere in the southwest united states apparently arizona which uh, I think is also probably a reference to G1, since that's where the Ark originally crashed on regular Earth. Okay. Uh, but as we've noted before, the terrain and creatures of Beast Wars suggest that it takes place in Africa, uh, but the presence of the Standing Stones, though not necessarily Stonehenge, suggests Britain. Well, there were henges all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. But when... I think it then mentions that when he's basically you know, blasted back into space, uh, the continents look basically what they have been before with a largish mass that looks like North America and a largest mass that looks like South America and another blob that's unrecognizable all kind of slightly to get, you know, near each other, but not exactly joined. Gotta love them plate tectonics. Yep. <laughs> uh, another note, which I also like just because of the wording, where they mentioned that... Uh, while free-flowing sparks are usually depicted as spheres, Starscream Sart has the twiddly bits, which are usually <laughs> only present to attach a spark to a protoform. Then again, it has been stated that Starscream Spark is not normal, so this may have been uh, a conscious alteration. That's true. Well, he's a, he's a possessor entity. Yeah. Man, it's a shame that they said twiddly bits and not fiddly bits, because then I could make a joke <laughs> about it being fjords, but we move on. <laughs> Um, the person in charge of the fiddly bits has been sacked. So are those like the are those like the kibbles for sparks? <laughs> <laughs> yes, when the spark transforms into a robot. <laughs> um, um, so there's a little basically back and forth that apparently takes them like six, like a big paragraph to talk about how. Do they or do they not know who uh, Starscream is? And in the in the series, they kind of go back and forth. Apparently, like Black Arachnia and Dinobot are somehow able to recognize, you know, his name and what he is and what he's done, despite what he says he's done. Megatron, supposedly being, you know, a also a student of history, should have known too, but doesn't seem to care. So it's been hypothesized that he maybe he was trying to lure him out. 
uh, or you know, trying to get him to be more bolder and just basically keep an eye on him. Maybe he just studies history in regards to previous Megatrons and, and yeah. keeps it very narrow. Maybe he's a that poser. I mean, Ooh. I mean, because it's actually here, a possibility. I mean, Megatron's not smart. That's in the theme song. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, true. like literally though. But like, seriously, like Megatron, like sort of puts on these airs, like he's some sort of tactical genius that read the art of war or whatever. But he, he probably read tactics. like he probably <laughs> read like a Deadpool comic book one time that mentioned the art of war. You know. It's like that episode of Aqua Teen where um, where uh, uh, Frylock is 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 mentioning like, oh, I heard th- I read the prophecy in the Bible, and he's like, you mean the article in Vogue? <laughs> that's I mean that's that's my that's sort of my take on because and then and then the ones that and then the ones that do know are um, you know you've got Dinobot who liter- who obviously is obsessed with everything. He's your military history guy. He's the guy that watches the, all the World War II documentaries. And then you've got um, Black Arachnia, who I don't think – I don't He's actually an have – an ancient alien that really likes the history. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't have a problem with Black Arachnia referring to herself – we were actually talking about this off air. Yeah. Like referring to herself as a Predacon and our Predacon history or whatever because she was reprogrammed. So her mem- her knowledge i mean not necessarily memories because she was a protoform so whatever but like her knowledge was programmed in there by tar- tarantulas and i mean like so uh so so dinobot is like your friend who's like a high functioning history channel fan like he's like you don't you don't know that he's like super into history except for like that he also reads books and stuff and like and 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 you bring up you say something about World War Two and he gives you he knows a bunch of generals or something. Tarantulas is the guy is the guy who's like in his basement every day, just watching it like ten hours a day making Civil War models. I that's, actually could see Tarantulas making little Civil War models. That's just you Does know make Gunpla. That too. <laughs> no, he's more he's more of a forty uh, k guy. Ah. Uh. It's all those little. It's all those little uh, legs. They they can each hold a brush. <laughs> so not that there's anything wrong with painting miniatures, but I do think that like oh. Tarantulas is the guy that's watching his. That's literally watching hours and hours and hours and hours of History Channel, and and painting miniatures in his basement. I think that that was his probably like his teenage years, not necessarily as an adult, but. He's got one of those clip-on, like, multi-magnifying lens things for his glasses so, so he can lower them down and get the detail right. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think so. That um, actually sounds cool. I can relate. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a, you know, not like I said, not that there's anything wrong with that, but but I just think, I think that no it is... No there's anything wrong with that. You're highly defensive <laughs> about this subject. Yeah. I, just, I just think there is... Are you hiding something? Are we going to go in your basement and just see something but bottles? <laughs> I am. I do not have that kind of attention to detail. <laughs> um, I, I'm just. I'm just saying. Like. Uh, like it. To me, it does. It makes perfect sense that this. Like. Like say. Like Patton. He's a guy. He's a military guy, right? Yeah, say right. Patton yes. showed up in the what? middle of a of a of a a military thing of a similar situation where you're have where five five Americans and five Russians land on Mars. And are for some reason at war with each other, and then and the, the spirit, and then the ghost of Patton over. takes somebody over. Like, not so, it's possible that some of them would be able to recognize 
and know the history and some of them wouldn't. For example, I don't know anything about Patton. I don't even know what war he was referencing. I just know that Bill O'Reilly wrote a book about him. This World War II, there was a whole movie about him. That's probably I why I know the, the name. Movie, one of his lines is, Magnificent Bastard, I read your book! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Back to some of the others. Because there are just a few more. Okay. Like, <laughs> this is so a this is a trivia rich episode. Yeah, yeah there is. Well, it's it is because surprising. of the Transformers references, which Kendall actually got yeah. got most mostly. Um, there was just like two more th- things I wanted to point out since we actually kind of mes- mentioned one of them was the Black Arachnid referring to Decept you know Decepticons as the you know our pre- ancestors, basically shunning and, and denying her maximal pr- programming, which apparently she does more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is like the first episode that actually specifically and firmly establishes that the Maximals and Predacons are the descendants of the Autobots and Decepticons. Yes. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Kendall, as Kendall mentioned, uh, Starscream's ghost and, uh, and like Immortal Spark, I guess you could call it, has also kind of possessed many other things besides just in the G1 cartoon. Uh, it's been used in uh, some of the comics he's possessed someone and apparently he has possessed an angel in the Transformers X Evangelion crossover comic which <laughs> is terrifying when you look at the image if you ask me yeah we saw that image earlier and that was uh, yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty metal though it's pretty yeah. bad yeah. <laughs> well it's bioorganic yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I get it because it's metal <laughs> <laughs> um, nice but, one, nice one, Joe. <laughs> yeah, hey, if you can't, if you if you if you're gonna classify something, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just want to say, like, that is a uh, wiki hole that you might want to take a look at. Is the the crossover comic because it was well, not so much as a comic as like a four part short story, and the images they made like are like in those like the old blister board stuff that they used to do for Transformers with the painted looking kind of things. They still so, sort of do that for a lot of the packaging for the new, uh, for like the bigger toys now. Yeah. For like the, the oil painting looking like, yeah. yeah. And it's in this, I mean, basically it's just like trans, uh, you know, like prime and, and some other Transformers trying to stave off a angel scream as it's called in, in, in the wiki. Yeah. And apparently Optimus Prime merges with Unit O One, and they duke it out. So, yeah, it's the, it's the uh, it's combined with the Angel from the first episode with that big long, uh, was it a uh, the Plague Doctor looking face? Yeah. yeah, that's how I recognize it as an Angel because when Jordan was first telling us that he merged with an Angel, I didn't I didn't put like Eva Angel. I was just like, oh, an Angel, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how had, that works. I think I think he had preferenced it by saying that it was like a, yeah. a Evangelion crossover, but maybe I you were probably it missed out. that. <laughs> Do you think you if Starscream very minute of that though? You think if Starscream uh, possessed a weeping angel from Doctor Who, he would have been smart enough not to let the not to surround the TARDIS and have them all look at each other at the end of the episode of Blink? No, he would be the one telling them that they had to do that. Yeah. yeah. His the, all the other ending. ones. He would tell all the other ones that they had yes. to do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. He was actually, oh, he was actually like the one that survived and like was in the later episodes. Okay. Yeah. 
So, I think there were more than yeah. one that survived. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that was the one that sent Rory into the past. Yes. 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 For spoilers. <laughs> Sorry for anybody who hasn't seen that season yet. You'll you'll forget by the time you get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what happens with me in spoilers. There's an, an awful lot that goes in into the pond saga. Yeah. 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 It's really well, long. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably start reviewing the episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there was a lot of trivia. Yeah. So we we open up on a scene of space, which as we have a tendency to do nowadays, it seems. Um, Final frontier. Exactly. And instead of the Enterprise zooming in, we've got a floating spark floating through space. Yes, with the twiddly bits. Kibble. And and as it enters into the atmosphere, we then cut to the Maxwell base where there is a storm overhead. And... uh, Cheetor sort of freaks out because the ship gets hit with a lightning bolt. Did anybody else when he said I forget what line he says, but he sounds like he's singing like a like a heavy metal song. Uh, he sort of growls and then he says, "Talk about a light show." He's like, "Talk about a light show." <laughs> yeah, well, if anything, he's uh, you know, he's he's the this version of uh, Hot Rod, so he's got that hairband kind of backing to him. Yeah. <laughs> He could have said that he was a fraidy cat at this point. Uh, Another bad joke. That sounds like something cat Rat puns. Trap would say. <laughs> yeah. But um, so the the ship has been hit. As it turns out, the the shields on the ship were already up. Uh, we get a warning from Sentinel, the security system, uh, stating that the shields have been damaged. And Rhinox announces that one more direct hit, and we could be the grand finale. So. Optimus, for some reason, suggests that, show. yeah. So Optimus suggests that they stow their spare weapons and ammo in the hold underneath some armored flooring. I missed that. That comes up later, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're, yeah. Continue. It's Chekhov's yeah, gun. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of a bit of foreshadowing. I I didn't really get exactly as to why how we managed to get from. We're gonna have a big light show. Oh, let's hide the weapons in the in the floor. Didn't it have something to do with like uh, like explosions? Like if yeah, if they got hit, the weapons detonated by a light, another lightning strike. There's like holes in the top part of the the ship now. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, that's what I was thinking. Is that somehow with all the damage, a stray lightning bolt into it would be like a stray match in in a in a powder room. Yeah, I suppose so. Both so thing would they're... pop like a frog on a hot plate. <laughs> I thought you were making a fart joke there because oh, no. my wife always calls calls the, the the hall bathroom the powder room. So <laughs> maybe I'm just thinking in nautical terms because I've been reading Seven C. I don't know. Uh, you know no, there's, that's whatever. There's powder room I just, as in you know. the uh, as in makeup, and then there's powder room. As yeah, in... I. Yes, powder, yes, powder I, 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 I got that from context. I just wanted to acknowledge, <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge the, the, the fart joke there, just and just you know for so we can check that off the list. Okay, you're not a real podcast until you have fart <laughs> jokes. So. <laughs> well, if 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 I had started up that uh, Freakazoid episode of podcast, we would have gotten into about the brown fog, and then I would have gotten that fart joke. <laughs> Freakazoid, I, I remember that's, having that's a lot a show of. That's the I actually have the DVDs for. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so getting back to the episode and not going off on tangents about Freakazoid and whatnot. Um, so do Transformers fart? As we will learn, yes, they do. Yeah, I was really? thinking there was um, a reference to that. Episode. I was thinking there was a reference to that somewhere already, but... Yeah. Not yet. There will be later on, though. I can't remember it's a 90s which episode. cartoon, and there's a lot of well-modeled butts. So yeah, it's not too surprising. <laughs> yeah. So we we've cut to the dark side now, and we see some lightning overhead there also, and we then see the the floating spark as it heads into the ship. Uh, we then cut inside, and Waspinator is standing in front of a computer console, which then uh, sort of ignites <laughs> and uh, shocks Waspinator and sends him flying back. He seems no worse for wear. Um, he reports on his, on his status. Yeah. Yes. I love, I love that line too, where like, was good. Megatron's like, is anything wrong? And he's like, status no, I'm report. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's like moderate, hurt, but uninjured. Yeah. yeah. The computer. <laughs> <laughs> And then from there, just as uh, he asks him to check the computer, he then gets radioed by Scorponok, who tells him that there's an electric fire in a lower deck. So as he uh, sort of resides himself to go check on that, we then cut back to the Maxwell ship, and we see them loading all of the ammo and weapons into this storage hold in the floor. And Rhinox is in the hole, and I kind of had to wonder, he had to really squeeze into that opening. Because he's pretty big, but yeah, he, yeah. I I don't want to make a, a turtles reference two weeks in a row, but it reminds me of that. It might have been like when Toka uh, tries to get into the mail cover in Ninja Turtles two. Oh yes, <sighs> he's just like he's just slamming his fist against the ground as no one else can get through. Oh. Babies. <laughs> They're babies. They're babies. <laughs> <laughs> if Michael Bay had like, done I'm that, just... everyone would hate that. But um, yeah, <laughs> we 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 mentioned it a few episodes ago too that I had the playset for the sewer and I had a Toka toy and I would recreate that scene all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is so lame. That is the that is the lamest Ninja Turtles character to have a toy of. I, I, like, like I was like it. I was excited. 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 I was Sorry, Greg. Tangent. I was um, playing uh, uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time, and it was yes. the remake one actually. But um, yeah. we, we got yeah, I know. But we got to the the fight with Toka and Razor, and I was playing with my friend, and I'm like, I got the ugly one, and he was just like, didn't say anything, and I'm like, you supposed let's go. No, I got. <laughs> and then I say, which one's the ugly? No, okay. <laughs> so, so a, a barcade near here that has a uh, that has a Turtles in Time machine. It was like the I got super excited when I saw that. All I remember is the sewer surfing episode with those those mines in the water where if you went over them you go, oh my toe, my toe. 
Those, those games were so good <laughs> for like the time. those moments yep. of cartooniness where they fall on the mouth cover and be like, who turned out the lights and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Oh, shell shock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I can do Turtles podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could. Zach seems the one would probably would have been help out. Really, he was watching really the new one. Uh, just do a podcast purely based on uh, the next mutation. Ooh. <laughs> I I would probably do that because the that, worst. That's the way there. that wish goes monkey's paw on you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that. I, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't mind it. I'm just going to do a little mini plug because I was actually part of a five part series for the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. It was on the South yeah. broadcast. I still need to listen to that because again, like I, I love that that whole five part mini series and you know. Yeah. Me and Eric from uh, in the Master Studio, we're both uh, a part of that with a couple of other cool folks and uh yeah, it was pretty fun. But uh but yes, getting back to the episode because we're getting on tangents. Damn it. Again. again. Take a drink. I can't, I'm out of beer. Uh, it's okay. We don't go on tangents any more than other podcasts. Wink, oh wink, shit! Got to finish the game. yes. So Rhinox manages to uh, to to climb out. Uh, he's got everything stored away, and we then get Rattrap who reads in and uh, tells he tells the rest of the crew you want the bad news or the worst news, and so they. Optimus and Rock sort of look at each other, and then we cut back to Waspinator, who's working on the console. And he's sort of, you know, doing some tech support, just banging on the screen. And he said, what is this program will not respond? Waspinator does not understand. <laughs> and as he smacks it, he he sort of is exasperated, and then we get the screen sort of starts to glow and it almost looks like acid, and there's this like red set of eyes in the screen, and Waspinator's in trance for a moment, and then he gets zapped again by the screen, only with a white light this time. Yeah, but before that, uh, a, a raspy voice says, "I get the feeling that." Uh oh! Did I lose? Did we lose somebody? And then I re- remember that he did. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I just thought, oh man, you just met this guy, and you're already insulting him. Okay, well, they, Jordan, Jordan, say what you just said again, because I just lost everybody for like two seconds. <laughs> I, I was saying that just uh, just before he gets zapped, that uh, the screen, the eyes basically... Well, let's let's, let's set it up. We can set it up properly this time if you lost the audio. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Waspinator does not understand. And then and the then, screen says, uh, I get the feeling that you don't understand very much often or, or something. That, that you that rarely do. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And it's a very familiar voice. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like Pterosaur. It is freaking Pterosaur. <laughs> it can't be Pterosaur, because Pterosaur is on the other side of the room. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's watching this happen. Well, I mean, personally, I mean, is it not the, orig- it not yeah, the original it, Starscream voice actor? No. The, no, the um, original, um, actually... It's Chad Luca, I think. Yeah, okay. it was mentioned because I, I I heard Starscream immediately, and I didn't. I mean, I know Pterosaur sounds a little bit like Starscream already, but he, he's, yeah. I, I definitely heard Starscream in that, and I was very excited. You know, I knew it was going to happen. And actually, because I think what might have happened is, um, if I recall correctly, the the original voice actor for Starscream was an actor by the name of Chris Collins, 
Uh, he had also done the voice of Cobra Commander uh, for the G.I. Joe series. Uh, but he wound up passing away, I think it was in 94? Yeah, I think it was like yeah. summer of 94 he passed away. Yeah, he... he the Like I said, like I they mentioned his name and I probably misread it, but it did mention that he had already passed by this point. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that made sense then. But yeah. But yeah, so we we have this scene now where, where Waspinator is sort of glowing and sort of spasming on the little floating uh, platforms, I guess you could say, that we've got in the, the Predacon ship. And we notice that Pterosaur has, has seen him now. He's sort of looking in, in the foreground and watching Waspinator. And, like, and he okay, just nonchalantly turns away. Yeah, he doesn't even help him. He's like, eh. That's pterosaur. Which is why that's why I thought it was a pterosaur plot because it sounded like pterosaur. I thought that was like a hint that it's that it's him. And then like you see pterosaur at like literally the next console over doing something, seeing that it worked and walking away. (laughs) I mean, doesn't that like it's like he looks over at Waspinator freaking out and falling off the platform and just like turns back around like oh oh my god, (laughs) (laughs) this guy. How many times can he fall off? You can, can tell fly. that they're evil because they don't have any guardrails. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Occupational health and safety would have a field day in that base. But, yeah. Anyway, so we then cut back to the Axelon, the Maximal base, and we've got Rattrap in the uh, the command room uh, showing the other Maximals that there's been quite a bit of damage to the base. Uh, he mentions that the last hit reached the outer wall in Vector 7. And Rhinox, of course, says, and this is only the bad news? And then Rattrap goes on to say, well, the worst news is it knocked out all the surveillance sensors along the southwest perimeter. We might as well put up a sign saying, welcome Predacons, enter here. So, as he does that, there's a little hologram that's floating in the middle of their little island there. And uh, it sort of illustrates all the holes that they've got in their security grid. And Optimus points out, well, hopefully the Predacons are having as much problems as what we are. And from there, we we get a lot of cuts back and forth between the two bases for the first, like, three minutes of this episode. I want to say yeah, it's hmm. a lot more than normal. You see um, a lot of symmetry going on. Yeah. So we, we then cut back to the Predacon base... And we've got Megatron and Scorponok who have apparently just put out a fire because it's really smoky in there. We've got Megatron sort of waving his hand back and forth. And, of course, he doesn't have his tail on his hand right now, Kendall. I I didn't even notice. Kendall's mentioned that he doesn't want to. I think, wanna, I, was, yeah. I, think oh, yeah. I was like cooking a hot dog during this scene. <laughs> I, when I I was I was a little distracted while watching it. And um, I, I thought I missed something here. I'm like, why is it smoky in here? And I kind of... They'll feel like I missed something because the last time we saw the Predacon base, it was just Waspinator getting shocked, and then we get back and it's all on fire. And you're like, "What? What happened?" Like, I guess they got hit by the storm too, but it's not really clear. I yeah. felt like it's it's yeah, okay. It's okay, Emily. If if the gym was smoky, I would be distracted too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I was gonna say something else. Fuck. We were talking about a scene. Damn it! Oh yeah, I was talking. We we're talking about Megatron's hands. Did you notice at earlier in the shot 
both of his hands were hands and not like a, a head or a yeah. tail. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the wiki mentioned that in a in the continuity errors, which is so minute that I don't always go over it, but yeah, it switched yeah. sides for some reason. Yeah. Well, both yeah. hands were just like hands. Yeah. 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 Then maybe it's another scene that it's on the wrong hand. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. So whatever. Just let's just uh, give everybody hands. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why? Why even bother hands with, for with tails for hands? But yeah. So <laughs> Kendall, you're always so upset when he doesn't have the tail on his hands. <laughs> To be fair, he he said that he wants he he's he's dropped it and we, and we yeah, still keep bringing it up. True. I kind of feel bad for that. That's very true. I'm we're probably sorry, just we're probably just like digging the knife in every time yeah. we mention it. I I shall refrain from ever mentioning it again. <laughs> so, getting back to the episode, uh, once they've got the fire out, Megatron is asking where Waspinator is. As he asks that, uh. We then see him sort of strike. We have Waspinator come in. He sort of strikes a bit of a, like you alluded to earlier, Jordan, a bit of a heroic pose. And then we get a couple of flashes and we get. Kendall who mentioned that. Oh, my apologies, Kendall. Uh, your apology accepted. Okay. <laughs> so as, um, as he takes up this pose, uh, we get some sort of like lightning flashes and it superimposes Starscream over Waspinator. I love it. And so Scorponok uh, says, so there you are. And and then we get Starscream says, yes, here I am at very long last. And Megatron immediately says, what happened to your voice? <laughs> and Scorponok then proceeds, or not Scorponok, uh, Starscream then proceeds to say, allow me to present myself, Air Commander Starscream of the Decepticon Battle Fleet. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, Waspinator went crazy again. Yeah. Well, I mean, this isn't the first time. Yeah, he thought he was uh, shrapnel from before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought he also said, I thought he also said something about being Starscream. No. Not yet. Just shrapnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, then didn't he make mention of something about being Wonka the Sane, or was that... Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you remember what episode that was? I'm going to actually verify that. Uh, (laughs) I cannot remember. There's so many episodes where he gets hit on the head. I don't even remember, like, what... I think it was the episode where where Rhinox went, like, Predacon. Oh, that's right, it is. Yeah, it's the episode where Rhinox was turned into a Predacon. Okay, you can continue. I'll do my Dark research. Designs? Yeah, I know what you, I know. I know that was okay. you know. I, I know that I know my Rhinox episodes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was on that podcast. <laughs> I think I don't think you missed an episode, Kendall. <laughs> so we we then cut uh, to like a couple of minutes later, and Terrasaur is uh, confirming that what he. Like what he saw happen uh, earlier, yeah. and now just sort of walk on away the spot. From it. Yeah. So and he says, "I saw the whole thing. Uh, saw it myself. The entity came out of the computer." And Black Arachnia makes mention of Starscream, but your ancient history. And then Starscream says, "Ancient? Yes. History? No." And then but we he's get still a- history. Like I don't think that he understands how that works. Yeah. Because essentially what we do now is we get a bit of a 
a background. Well, he gives a, a bit of a story as to what happened. Um, and Megatron, of course, says the Decepticons were our ancestors. Or no, Black Arachnia mentions that. Yeah. And that for centuries they warred with the Autobots. And then Megatron says the ancient ancestors of the Maximals. And Starscream says that the war was lost. And Black Arachne says, and you were destroyed. It's written in the Chronicles of Cybertron. So apparently there's some sort of documentation that the Predacons have access to that the Maximals apparently don't. That's, that says that he was destroyed. Well, it makes sense if the they Predacons actually have an underground library. Yeah. They do mention it later that um, the knowledge is forbidden by the Maximal Elders. Yeah. Hmm. Which is what? really weird. This kind of brings me back. So there's so uh so what you're saying is that the Maximals they, they do some book burning and the Predacons just want <laughs> just want to be enlightened. Yeah. Well now I wouldn't say it's book burning. Maybe some careful editing. <laughs> they simply restrict the files. They do not destroy yes. them. They yeah. keep them the elites that can understand them and appreciate yeah. them. More. Yeah, I think that I think that does play into my um I haven't been putting that much effort into the the Predacons are actually the good guys theory, but that definitely seems to play into that. Hmm. Yeah, it it I admit that totally does. Yeah. yeah. I'm usually anti that theory, but that that so is so kind of messed saying up. That from your perspective, the maximals are evil. Right, right, yeah. It's from a certain I'm, point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I was about to say that. <laughs> Good work, everybody. That was great. We did it. <laughs> oh, my. So, anyway. So we get a cool yeah. flashback of, of so, Yeah. We do get a, a bit for all of the unique assets in this in this episode that they had to make really quickly. Thankfully, they're mostly spheres. <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked do... how Starscream looked. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. I, admittedly, Unicron didn't look too bad, although his rings uh, weren't connected to anything. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the one thing. Um, but for the most part, they got you know the shape and the claws and the spikes right. But yeah, the 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 giant ring that surrounds him wasn't really attached to anything. So, but yeah, so we we. The flashback that we get, um, Starscream is essentially saying that he fell defending his leader Galvatron against the most powerful enemy of all, the giant Transformer Unicron, and that his exostructure was destroyed, but miraculously his spark endured, drifting helplessly through the depths of space beyond the reach of time itself. Yes, through space and time. Yeah. So... Wibbly wobbly. Yeah, wibbly wobbly, <laughs> timey wimey. Twiddly bits. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, because we, we see Starscream's body get hit by an energy blast from Unicron, and then we see the spark floating through space past a few planets. We then cut back to uh, to Megatron and the other Predacons, and from here uh, he says but in the end against all all hope I made my way to this world and now and Megatron sort of, he, he sort of dubiously says he's like and now that you're here air commander what do you want <laughs> and of course Starscream is like uh, why do pledge allegiance to the glorious Megatron and fight as your loyal lieutenant because he's known for being so loyal for, based on his yes. backstory that he gave. So, 
I was just wondering, like, maybe he didn't even realize that the Beast Wars was going on, because this is years after this hap- happened. Do you think that, like, he, he got possessed Waspinator, and then he heard people calling him Megatron, he's like, oh, well, I know what I have to do now. Because <laughs> Megatron, <laughs> Megatron? Megatron, I know what I must do. <laughs> I must betray him. <laughs> it is his destiny. <laughs> But yeah, so Megatron asks him how he can trust him, and Starscream says, "Because I can show you how to crush the Maximals and win the Beast Wars once and for all." So, yeah, I cannot do a good Starscream voice, unfortunately. I mean, it's I could too, try, but it's it, too late for me to really lean into it. <laughs> yeah, same here. It does get Megatron to smile a little, though. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, anytime he like, anytime he hears the idea of crushing the Maxwells, I mean, it does, you know, make him smile. Plus, he's you now he's got a bit of an ego, so yeah. Dark scream. I forgot. We also, sorry, this. I was looking at the next scene. <laughs> well, I was just about to move to that scene because okay. what we get now, we, we are back to the uh, to the Maxwell ship, and we've got Cheetor who's sort of you know keeping an eye out on things. It. He makes mention that uh, with an energon, that uh, it never looks good after an energon storm. And there's quite a bit of debris. And you can see some spots where some lightning hit the ground and there's scorch marks. And uh, as he's looking around, he happens to see one of Scorponok's cyber bees buzzing around. And that's what I was gasping at, that it uh, has returned once more. Yep. Return of the bee. Yeah, it's just like the rad bug. We think it left and it's come back. <laughs> Every time we think this is the last time we'll see it. Yeah. I didn't even remember the cyber bees at all. I, I was like, is this something that Waspinator does? Because that would make more sense. You'd think it'd be something Waspinator <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. But no, it's a uh, Scarpinock thing. Yeah. I I don't know why you guys think that it's so weird. Like we, we didn't we didn't own the toy. We didn't own the toy. I guess that's what it is. Because yeah. like yeah. he has that's part of the toy. It's just that's his thing. Yeah. If I if I had the toy, I would definitely remember the bee. <laughs> it makes it so that he only has half of a hand when he shoots it off, but that's okay. But that's okay in his case because it obviously was just like limitations of the toy, unlike the the Megatron thing. But <laughs> yeah. So we we then get Cheetor who who transforms and he starts shooting. I think Cheetor's aim is improving because he actually manages to hit the bee. So we we cut inside then. Go Cheetor! <laughs> rooting for you, bud. He missed it last time. Yeah, he uh, we he manages to hit it. Um, Only thing he hits the whole episode. <laughs> oh, oh, snap! We um, but we cut inside to the. We've seen this room before. This is like Sentinel's sort of computer core, and we got Rhinox and Optimus in there. And Rhinox is saying, we we can repair it, but it's going to take time. And Cheetor winds up radioing in, and he's holding the charred remains of the bee in his fingers. And Don't, says, don't forget to mention the giant hole that's in the roof of that, of that yes, room. Yes, there's a big hole. You can install a kick-ass skylight in that room now. Which, I thought it was in the depths of the ship. Like, I thought... Uh, Ratchet had to like climb down and into like deep into the ship to get there. But apparently, it's just too. yeah. Apparently, it's he had to climb up. I guess mm. for some reason, it's near the top. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, they have a it's a, a dome shaped ship. It, it could have you could have outer ceiling hull on pretty much any section. Yeah. Mm. I wasn't paying that close attention to the geometry of it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that makes sense though that it would uh, be in the back part of the ship. But so, Cheetor radios in, and uh, he makes mention that. Uh, they were starring in someone's home video and three guesses who is watching the movie. And uh, he sort of swings the bee back and forth. Um, we then cut back to the Predacon base and it's showing a video of the uh, the damage to the Maximal ship. And this is where we get Starscream uh, pointing out the damage that he saw when uh, he was coming in before he entered uh, Waspinator's body. He said, uh, he's, he's like, it's the perfect opportunity to attack. And Megatron is like, but that's what they'll be waiting for. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> and we then get uh, a pretty good line here is from Megatron who says, Starscream, perhaps the centuries of weightlessness have taken a toll <laughs> on your logic circuits. But it turns out to be a good strategy. Yeah. Because he points out that while they'll be guarding the southwest side, he points out that they could strike at the opposite side of the ship and go right through the gun ports on the northeast wall. And from there, we then sort of zoom into the ship and it immediately cuts to the actual ship, which then gets hit by a missile. And all of the Maximals are outside exactly where Starscream said that they would be trying to fix the ship. And all the Predacons have managed to get inside the base from the northeast side. So, <laughs> Rat Trap's like, what? They're attacking the other side. <laughs> and so, we then cut inside, and we've got Waspinator, who is carrying Black Arachnia. She's sort of hanging from his hand. And she meant, says, hello, boys. Thought, just happened to be in the neighborhood, so thought we'd drop in. She tries to, to shoot Optimus. He manages to, to sort of duck out of the way, and then he tells everyone to transform, and he sort of jumps into the hole and transforms in midair. This was actually a pretty cool scene because he transforms sort of like in midair while he's flipping and then manages yeah. to turn on his jets. So Yeah. So, yeah, that was a pretty neat little thing that they did with that. I don't know. It seems like the... Um, some of the animation for this episode was a bit better than what we normally see. But I, mind you, we found that the one last episode was pretty good too. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think they're they're moving just in that sort of in that direction. Like it's just it's just continuously getting better and better. And uh, I think one thing about this episode is since it took place in and around the bases, it was actually it might have been a little bit more noticeable because it was actually the same areas from the earlier episodes where the animation wasn't so great. Yeah, that's very true. So as we've got this sort of battle going on in their, in their computer room, um, Optimus, he says, taken unawares, I'm a fool. And then Megatron says, at long last primal, we agree on something. So he starts trying to shoot an Optimus. Yeah. He's like, he's he's doing like a good time. Oh yeah. And he's doing like an underhand throw for his beam, because his yeah. like his head is like, um, yeah, top of the like, head is on the bottom down. rather than at the top of the usual. Is. 
It yeah, is. That's, it's a bit <laughs> it's different. Underhanded. Oh yeah, I thought that, I thought that looks cool. Uh oh, did I, I lose everybody almost... again, or did we? All, or were we all silent? No, we're all good. Okay, okay. I thought I lo- I thought it, it was total silence for about four or five seconds. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. Were we no. still talking about uh, Megatron's gangster grip and his uh, T Rex head lasers? Thank you. I was <laughs> about to say that. <laughs> okay. I yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't think I, that needs any explanation. It was the awkward <laughs> silence was at a time at, at a moment that made sense. So it may have actually just been a natural silence. It just like seemed quiet for a second and stuff. Uh, so, hmm. yeah, oh, whatever. Greg's uh, Greg's the one that edits it. Thanks, internet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we then cut to to Cheetor, uh, who who makes mention. Uh, he says. Don't you know that gate crashing is just plain rude? He's like, next time, try knocking. And he he tries to hit Waspinator, who zooms around the room like a fly high on sugar. Yeah, it's kind of disoriented. Yeah, it is like he, he manages to buzz all around the room, goes outside, and then flips back inside, I think. <laughs> I feel like this is this scene was uh, boarded by like a little kid playing with a bunch of toys. <laughs> like, well, he has star screen yeah. power now, so now yeah. he can do this. Yeah. So, Cheetor's like, since when could he move like that? And um, that's when Waspinate Walt Starscream says, since his exostructure was commandeered by the spark of Air Commander Starscream. And uh, I'm trying to remember who it's who it was that said Starscream is imp- it's impossible. Was it Dinobot? I think it was Dinobot, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Because this he uh, Megatron takes advantage of his his complaint. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. Because he he says. We must pay attention, Dinobot. Otherwise, dearie me, look what happens. And he winds up shooting him in the back. Yep. And uh, from here, we then get Optimus, who who says that they need to to try and regroup and recover. And Rattrap is like, and leave the place to the Preds. And he's like, there's no choice. He's like, on oh, my signal. And Rattrap's like, yeah, right. He's like, like this rat needs instructions to leave a sinking ship. So good rat little- joke there. Yep, little rat pun. So they fall back. Um, Optus manages to to pick up Dinobot. He's slowly floating up into the air. As he's getting close to the hole, Pterosaur's in the middle of the hole, and Optus turns his jets on full and then just socks Pterosaur right in the face. And they make their escape. And as they make their escape, we then see Air Racer, who is higher up in the air, and decides that she should let Tigertron know what's going on. So from here, we then cut to the Predacons who are now in the command room of the base, and Megatron is celebrating. He's like, victory! The Maximals base is mine! Yes! (laughs) And um, we then get Tarantulas who asks what they do now, and he points out that since they're there, that their base is unprotected. And we then get Megatron saying, first we conquered, now we divide. And he orders Tarantulas and Pterosaur to go with him back to their base, leaving Scorponok and Black Arachnia 
at the maximal base under the command of Starscream. <laughs> and we then get Pterosaur, who's a bit bent out of shape. He's like, how come Starscream gets promoted? And from the, <laughs> like, immediately Megatron grabs onto his head and just slams him onto the table. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah. Yes. But he, um, he slams him onto the table and uh, is immediately like, when you reward, you get rewarded for loyal service, and thus you are encouraged to keep your beak shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Terrasaur, like really. Yeah. And uh, from, and of course, Starscream is like, and I'm just grateful I had the chance to help. And we then get a little sort of underhand, under Wink. breath comment, yeah. And Black Arachne is like, yeah, I, I'll bet. We we get Megatron doing a bit of third person talking to Scorponok all of a sudden. He's like, we are well pleased with Starscream so far, but watch him closely. So, Well, Megatron has figured that, they've, that he's now the king of the Earth. Yeah. So, so it's the royal we. Mm. Yeah. So, well, he is the royalty. But like this scene, yeah, this scene like literally, Wait it's like, so this is... Yeah, where's Inferno? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't even a mention in the wiki about it. Yeah, I was, I, I was thinking that too. Like, where? Yeah, he's, he's just not, he's just not there because you know. Continuity. Do you think this is another episode that was shown out of order? It's, it's possible. It also might be like in the interim when he was blown up because I, the way that he was, you know, came he out was, like still. No, he was, he was in the hunting episode, wasn't yeah. he? He yep. was in the hunting he was fine. So he's he's around. He just isn't. And and was Aries? Did Aries or showed up before him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this just must be continuity wise. Just must take place before he shows up. Yeah. 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 That's just what, what it has to be. It's um, just yeah, out of order for whatever reason. Or Inferno's just in the corner, like doing something else, like for some reason. He's off fighting. He's <laughs> fighting. Uh, he's fighting Tigatron. Um, <laughs> And then Tigatron wins. Yeah, and Tigatron okay. wins. Okay. And then, and then yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is the this is definitely the red versus blue scene. Like they, lit, I'm you're sitting there, and it's like he's like, first we conquer, then we divide. Like, like really? That's so now, not how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But also, but also, it's like it's like he they they just now they just have two bases. Like what? How how is that helpful? Like mm-hmm. even tactically, it doesn't seem. I mean, well, now they can strip now the in base. Our moment of victory, we should split the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what that's what happens when the when the Maximals thought the thought the Predacons were dead. It was a stupid Predacon trick. But I mean, they they what they did was they said, okay, we're going to go into the Predacon base and we're going to take all the stuff out of it and put it in our base to make our base better. I mean that makes yeah. that makes sense. Like yeah, that's we're gonna sound. we're gonna we're gonna sit in the enemy base and have less people guard it than we're here before. Does doesn't make a lot of sense? Like and they're I, just I, I guess, like they're just gonna hang out there. I, I guess because they just want to like make sure the maximals are done for first, maybe. But yeah, it's a little weird. Well, then it seems like you would like push the attack, or you would destroy yeah. the maximal base, or stuff Something. things that Something. make sense <laughs> but a, bit a little more active than just like wait at the bases for the maximals to show up uh-huh yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. Especially because, like, the maximal base, it's not like they got the codes for the Sentinel system. Like, there is no... there. Aside from them keeping the Maximals from being able to, like, defend themselves or something, like, it. I don't know. It doesn't... I don't know they why I got worked up about this because it away didn't... from the artillery. <laughs> that they use it. Yeah, I... Yeah. 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 Well, to be honest, they were taken by surprise, so they didn't really have much of an opportunity. I mean, it, it's it's like it's just like it made so much like they were so smart for the first part of the episode, like attacking. It totally does make sense that they're like, okay, we don't have we don't have uh, visibility. We can't uh, you know we can't watch what's going on in this area, so we should make sure that we keep an eye on our on this area. And then because they're keeping an eye on this area, they're not watching the monitors that tell them that the Predacons are coming from the other way. Like that's. That's a smart. Well, you see, Kendall. The thing is, 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 is you're right about the theme song when you say Megatron's dumb. Because see, <laughs> the reason they're smart in the beginning is because it's Starscream. It's because Starscream's plan, yeah. And and then and then Megatron is divide and conquer, which works for Starscream because now I can like split the right. Predacons up and take them out easier and get control of them easier. So he doesn't protest there, uh-huh. even though he knows it's a bad right. idea. Right. Right. Yeah, so then, like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just par for the course of Megatron being stupid. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I get mad when Megatron's stupid sometimes. I know. It's okay. <laughs> it, it would almost make sense if it was like Megatron intentionally doing this to set up Starscream to like, you know, reveal his betrayal. But like, Maybe. there's absolutely zero acknowledgement that he was doing that at all, and doesn't seem like that was on purpose. No, 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 no. Well, no, no. Beyond, beyond asking Scorponok to keep an eye on him. Yeah, but I mean, Scor- he do- he tells Scorponok to keep an eye on everybody. Whenever he puts anybody in charge, because the entire team, this, uh, like first mode of anything, uh, first first round of order is to always try to betray Megatron whenever. <laughs> Except for Scorponok. Except for Scorponok. Except for Scorponok. Yeah. Gorbrand loves Megatron to bits. And I mean, yeah, Waspinator... He's his Waylon Smithers. Wasp- <laughs> Waspinator oh. also is... I think Waspinator is... You know, they, they, he's not... He's sort of treated as the comic relief and the cowardly one and stuff. I think he's a lot smarter than, um, than, than the rest of them because he doesn't actively betray Megatron. Like, he, you know, he knows that Megatron's going to end up being in charge and so he's going to follow Megatron as long as he thinks he's in charge. For the mm-hmm. most part, so I think I think Waspinator is also relatively loyal. I actually, my opinion of Waspinator has improved like a lot as we've watched the series. Maybe it's yeah. just because the rest of the Predacons, in my opinion, has gone down. But <laughs> Waspinator is just playing country dumb to try to stay out of the line of fire of his own troops, or what? Uh, I think maybe. I think Waspinator knows his place. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's okay uh, with the cast I, system. He, he's he's kind of like he, sometimes he has like images where he has moments where he's like I'm the best, but I, I don't think he ever is like I want to be the leader. He's, well, I mean, like, he yeah, he goes soldier. he says I should be the leader of the Predacons when he's off sulking on his own. Yeah, he knows yeah. you know he knows that he's smarter, but he's but he's smart. He's also smart enough not to. Um, <laughs> I, not to literally betray Megatron. I think I think there's a difference between playing country dumb and trying to stay out of the line of fire. I don't really get that phrase, but I'm going to pretend like I do. Um, it's, it's just like it's just <laughs> pretending that you're dumber than you are, so that people will uh, underestimate you. Yeah, and uh, and you know be less careful about their true intentions. Uh huh. Yeah, I I don't think it's so much that as he's because he's not that careful about that type of thing. Like, 
He's just he just does he just is smart enough. He's the only one that's smart enough to know like at the end of the episode Megatron is going to be in charge unless something big happens. And it's not just because you had some harebrained idea to team up with Dinobot or some harebrained idea to to get Energon on you and have a big gun. Like I, I, it just, you know, he's, he's just, he's smart enough to know, like, gotta, you know, gotta bide your time. So I guess it's a sort of that thing, but yeah. He's just playing the long game. Yeah. He's playing the long game. Exactly. And then doesn't he end up being like a, don't, don't spoil it, but uh, doesn't he end up being like a God worshiped by the humans or something? Um, yeah. He's the, the, uh, proto humans, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, they, 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 I'm not sure if they worship him or if he's got like a C-3PO situation with the Ewoks yeah. there. I guess yeah. like they literally thought he was a god. They, yeah, they yeah. were like oh, Is Waspinator Beelzebub? <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be Buzzlebub? <laughs> where the name comes from. <laughs> I need to refer back to Or Beelzebuzz. <laughs> Beelzebuzz. Just in case you didn't that works that. Too. I don't. I don't usually repeat my jokes that people don't hear, but I thought that one bared repeating. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> a plus. So, getting back to the episode, we've got um, the Maximals are sort of in a little jungly area. Um, Rhinox is sort of leaning up against a tree, and Rattraps was sitting beside him. Optimus is checking on Dinobot, and Cheetor's walking into the frame. And Cheetor's pissed off because apparently he thinks that they're all that all the Predacons are going to be rooting through his stuff in his room. It's a cheetor poster, <laughs> no! God damn it, Cheetor! <laughs> Nobody gives or a his, shit about like, your fucking thirty-five all his, guns. All his Thundercats collections. Yeah, <laughs> he's got important like, stuff. What kind of personal effects does he have besides the guns? Though, like, does he just have like that a big box poster. full of? He has a big full. He has a big box full of anime toys and manga. It was a one-of-kind poster that you could only get from uh, issue 45 of... I, I lost the thread of this joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, oh. they, they did, uh, like, he is one of the, the people who actually, like, had personalities before he was a cheetah. So, I mean, he, they came from, he has quarters and they came from Cybertron. You'd, ass- you'd assume he'd have some personal effects. Yeah, this is me ever see it. So I, was, I, was, I, was, I just like to imagine what they are. Like he's like, oh man, they took my nine inch nail CDs. Fuck. <laughs> oh he look, a, he has a lot of cassette tapes. <laughs> they just broke them in half. Now that's just mean. <laughs> so I was gonna, I was gonna question whether or not uh, nine inch nails uh, existed at this time because I don't know how timelines work. But then I realized that they are both in, from the future and the past, so um, they can get their music from wherever and whenever they want. Yeah, it's probably like Transform Drive was designed for. Yeah, it's not like that's who you'd go with. It's not like when they had the he had nine inch nails like CDs, and then they went back in time and they suddenly became cassettes. At this point, nine inch nails is a classic rock band. So. <laughs> So so I just I just was like I was just like thinking hours. like like so Cheetor so Cheetor he goes I got a pitch for a movie. So Cheetor he he goes back to the um to the late eighties um to 
uh, I don't know, make sure that his parents get together so that he gets born to, to meet Hot Rod. Oh, no. And then he ends up, and then <laughs> he ends up, uh, he ends up having to play at their school dance. And then he plays Hurt by Trent Reznor, and everybody like looks at him funny. He's like, "You guys aren't quite ready for that." <laughs> and, then, and then somebody backstage is like, "Hey, it's my, it's your cousin, Marvin Reznor. <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for?" Okay. Oh my! <laughs> Cheetor's playing at like a, a dance or something. Yes, it's fucking yes. robot cat. <laughs> yeah, the sea yep. dance. Well, I mean, he's he's obviously he's he's probably in his tri- Cybertronian form, so he's not actually a cat at that point. He would just have some cat-like features. Yeah, probably have some. Well, they have to scan something to get to the planet, so maybe like his mom turns to his dad, Cheetor. I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> Did so, anybody notice that he actually says Cheetor instead of like how he's been sort of min- mispronouncing Cheater. it since? Yeah. <laughs> so. So so let's go back to this dance. So this is so this is so we're thinking so we're thinking his parents his parents are Cybertronian. So this is actually the late 80s on Cybertron. I don't think they have parents to be honest, but continue. <laughs> so Cybertron 80s. So do you think they had like Cybertronians barely have marriage. Do you think they have like really complicated Rubik's cubes? If, 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 but if we're going yes. with like the idea that he's a hot rod descendant, then he would be going to Earth Who'd because be hot rod okay. not on Earth. Hot rod and the lady car wasn't there a lady car in Transformers somewhere? Yes, R- 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 C. R- okay, yep. Yeah. See, there we go. <laughs> yeah, at, but- at Hot Rod's senior prom. Um, <laughs> hot Rod's senior prom. Maybe he has to play in the parking lot, like <sighs> during the future time of 1998. This is the best hand. Nineteen, had. well, nineteen eighty-eight, because it's like cause it's got to be before. It's got to be before nine, uh, nine Inch Nails. So, well, what, like when did the movie take place? I mean, I know it came out in it was it eighty-five. Yeah, it came out in like eighty-five. Although I thought it was two thousand one. That that's where it's taking so, place. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would I would bet that most of the music in that movie. Was made in the eighties. Oh, no, no so, Stan Bush. So there, have you so listened there, to the soundtrack? I have not, but it's amazing. But oh, it's so good. It is indeed but amazing. Here's, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. So what that means is that on the Earth with two moons, because we've established that this is continuity. Um, on the Earth with oh, two moons, their their music their music culture is roughly twenty years behind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, or they I were smart a, enough never to let the eighties go. I got this episode oh, paused right. on a on a on a shot that's just Optimus with his eyes kind of like sleepily half closed, just like sitting here. And I like to imagine he's listening to us, like like <laughs> ranting about this. He's being like, ah. like, "Oh God, these humans!" <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let you guys get back on track. I, I just, I just, uh, no, it was a good, it was a really good tangent. Like I said, some, it was fun. It was, it was almost on topic. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how much I should encourage it. Uh, It never needs much encouragement, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) So we, from here, um, Rat Trap basically tells Cheetor that nobody really cares what's what they're doing to his room. Um, Optimus then says that Dinobot will make a full recovery, 
and that that's one less concerned at any rate. And Dinobots says, you should have stayed and fought to the bitter end. And we get a rather, you know, a rather honest response from Optimus. Awesome. He says, and it would have been bitter, Dinobot. He said, but there's no time for this. Apparently, Waspinator is Starscream, or thinks he is. <laughs> I, I just love the patience Optimus has at Dinobot. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, I love it. Like, he's, they got, these two have this good rapport where they got a lot of respect for each other, and and, and Optimus just, like, just understands Dinobot. He's like, yeah, I know that's what you want, but we would have just died, so sorry, yeah. dude. He, he ever gets like angry at Dinobot or like argues with him about it, even though he clearly has a... a, a a different opinion mm-hmm. on how things are done to him. He never, I mean, occasionally they argue, but a lot of the times he'll kind of just like let him get away with what he says and be like, yeah, well, we're not going to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. so I got to say, I think say, we've all been Optimist or Dinobot in one situation <laughs> or another. <laughs> I got to say, Rat Trap's like a dick here when he's like, he's like, oh, we got oh, more what? important no, things. No, not Rat Trap. <laughs> we've got more important things to worry about. Like what? I mean, Dinobot's fine. Cheetor is upset that there are Predacons in the base. I mean, admittedly, he's saying, like, his personal stuff, but, like, clearly the Predacons don't do anything with anything in the base. <laughs> so so that's a perfectly yeah, acceptable thing to be worried about. Yeah. They're going to arm themselves with 20 stomach guns. Yeah, but they hit the stomach guns. You know what? Yes, they did, because they specifically, when... In the scene that's coming up, Optimus definitely pulls one of Cheetor's stomach guns out. Yeah. So, yeah, good call. Optimus pulls one of Cheetor's stomach guns <laughs> out. That's a sentence. <laughs> yeah. You guys are the ones that call it a stomach gun. I'm just that's going what it is. You guys. I'm just saying that out loud, out of context, that just, yeah. yeah. We've called it a few things. We've called it a guts gun, we've called it a stomach gun. Uh, Emma's sung about how it's a black hole gun. <laughs> that's that's the best. That's the best one. Yeah, yeah. So we cheater's stomach is a black hole. Well, maybe no, because it shoots quasars. Oh yes, that's true. <laughs> Which has something to do with black holes. I don't remember. <laughs> They're collapsed stars. <laughs> So, oh, so you actually know what a quasar is? I think they're the thing that that's the collapsed star that shoots out energy infinitely in, in two polar opposite directions. So let's say, or I'm, uh, or I'm thinking of something else. Let's say a gun um, that shoots some oh, sort God. of energy burst has a quasar jam. What would you say that means? I would assume that the quasar is uh, is providing some kind of power source to the gun. And the jam is cutting it off from being able to focus that energy into a uh, projectile. All right. Cool. Cool. Are you so satisfied, it's powered Kyle? by a collapsed star. He, he's been wondering about that since the very first episode. <laughs> I remember hearing that one yeah. and wanting to comment on it. But I was like, you were like five episodes in by the time I listened to it. So I was like, ah, no, no, that's... I won't chime in. Clearly, they're not still on that Quasar thing. <laughs> Clearly, we were. Listeners, <laughs> listeners if you have comments about this episode and we're actually on to the on to season five of beast wars um you can comment about this episode i would appreciate it especially if it's yeah. got to do with science because i make a lot of stuff up about science and i'm not because I, I was not a i'm i'm not a science doctor <laughs> i am back off man 
Oh, my. God, we've gone on so many tangents. I'm holding let's, back, let's, okay? Let's, let's go down there. Know. We're getting, know. We're getting there. We're, we're, at, getting we're there. at the part where, like, Optimus and Dinobot were being bros. Yeah. Listen, they were I, being have, I, have, I have my Tobin Spirit Guides, two volumes of them open in front of me. I've got my RPG manuals, just anything to interject stuff about ghosts and possession. And I'm like, oh. nah, none of this is same, appropriate. Same <laughs> random ghost facts. I'd be down with that. <laughs> I mean, do we want to keep on going with it? I can save those for the end. Just, just save one in a couple of minutes. Just bust one out for no reason. <laughs> that works. I was going to wait till the end. Yeah, I was. I'm not sure whether to classify Starscream as a uh, as like a spectral vehicle uh, or like this is really complicated. There's, there's phantom vehicles. There's possessed objects. Uh, yeah, we have class four distinct entities. You know, because he's got a personality. That he, yeah. he could be a lot of different things. And then we've got a cl- there's a class. Uh, or is it seven in here? I think. Yeah, a class seven elemental entity composed of electrical and psychokinetic energy that possesses electrical objects. Like all all of these things could be could work. I don't know. I would almost think that it would be a class seven <laughs> when I think about it. Class sevens are are you know. Pretty close to uh, pretty close to godlike. They're just one, just one under uh, under a demigod. Hmm. Well, he is an immortal spark that just keeps coming back. Yeah, no, there's definitely you know. In fact, if you if you want to compare him to uh, Vigo the Carpathian, he was a class seven uh, ascended entity. He started off as a four and moved on up to or was trying to move on up to a seven to become a god. That's pretty much exactly what Starscream is doing here. He is, you know, or, or what he did, you know, maybe not intentionally, but after yeah. he died, he became more powerful and had the ability to take over other bodies. So yeah, that's pretty much exactly what he is. I'm going to go, I'm going to flip open <laughs> Vigo's uh, entry. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get that one ready. And while you do that, Greg will continue. Yeah, let's continue summer. on with. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that we stop for this. At least that's yeah. what I'm telling myself right now. Yeah. I thought I had mined everything, but, uh-huh. So yeah, anyway. we so, so they're sitting around in Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> arguing. <laughs> Pretty much. That's all um, I was thinking of from that color palette in that jungle. Yeah, it is a pretty similar color palette to it there. Yeah, um, they they do start having a bit of a discussion about Starscream. Uh, Optimus, of course, makes the mention as we said earlier that. All the files were classified by the Maxwell Elders, and Dinobot calls them all fools because he had long studied military history. Then goes on to say that Starscream was deceitful and scheming. It was known as the most notorious traitor of all. And then Megatron, and then Optimus is like, and now he's back and pledging his loyalty to Megatron. Hmm. We then uh, cut hmm. to to Air Razor who was keeping an eye on the base and she's reported into Tigertron with a, uh, apparently a news bulletin uh, reporting that half the Preds have left the base and says, and guess who's in charge? And then flies away without telling him. Yeah. <laughs> guess. Yeah. <laughs> and she's about to talk about just like standing there like, oh, do it. It's like, um, uh, who? Uh, you, you've left, you've left <laughs> me in suspense. And it's not like she, I mean, it's not like she just, like, kind of flies, like, low. Like, she flies up and away. Yeah. Like, it would not be easy for him to follow her. 
No, it wouldn't Tiger be. Tiger just like, well, that happened, and then walks away. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm going to go back to fighting uh, uh, Inferno now. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, why don't we take a quick break here? We're about halfway through the episode. Because I got my phone ringing anyway. <laughs> Silence so, that when you're recording. <laughs> Fortunately, that's a phone in the other room. Anyway, but yes, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so then the then they they Two get in they hours. get in the thing and then they escape and then they beat the guys, bad guys. We gotta, guys gotta officially go back. Yeah, do, do we gotta just, clap? Yeah. Do we? Okay, we'll clap. <laughs> There's a clap. Or, or is it just or is it just like um, subtract like the number of seconds that we were on break or what? Or minutes? Oh, I can edit that out. Yeah. Okay. Just I'll asking for technical reasons. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no worries there. And Kendall's already collapsed, so we're sort of already on the run now. Yep. So, yeah, I've been recording the whole time, so. Yep. So, yeah, we're back. Um, where we left off, uh, we had the Maximals talking about uh, Starscream. We, we've we now cut to the Maxwell base, and we have Starscream and Black Arachnia, who are having a bit of chat, a bit of a chat in the hallway. Um, and from here... Uh, it's funny because Starscream says, perhaps I'm being too oversensitive, Black Arachnia. <laughs> something you're not telling me. And she sort of, allu- she says, well, more like something you're not telling us. And he's like, such as? And she tells him that she scanned his file. And she's like, you didn't get blasted to scrap metal by Unicron. You got blasted by Galvatron after you betrayed him. <laughs> He sort of goes off the deep end a little bit, saying, Galvatron was a fool. I deserve to lead. He has they, been flowing through space for a while, so... Yeah, that's true. Bit of impulse control problems. I gotta say, seeing this <laughs> He always scene, has had that, so... Yeah. <laughs> like, people have explained to me what a Galvatron and a unicorn is, but... Unicorn. Like, <laughs> that is like, the best. Like, the Chaos Bringer Unicron. Okay, unicorn. can... What happened is Unicron is a planet-sized transformer that eats other planets, yeah. and it um, Megatron like what was very near death after fighting Optimus Prime, who did die in in a fight, and um, Starscream betrayed uh, uh, Megatron by instead of going back and repairing him, he just froze him in the space out of um, the Astro Train, and then while they're floating in space, they come across Unicron, and Unicron's like, "I'm going to upgrade you, dudes, and you're going to be my." heralds like practically galactus silver yeah, surfer yeah. type shit and she yeah. turns megatron into galvatron but they're the same character although he does get a different voice actor in leonard nimoy yeah and then while well, all the whole the whole thing is while uh star screams basically crowning himself emperor of of the yeah. decepticons yeah. it's during his coronation yeah. yeah galvatron shows up and 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 like he basically says yeah i'm now Starscream. megatron upgraded this is Bad comedy, and then he just <laughs> and then he basically blasts him into dust. Mm-hmm. He transforms yeah. into his new form, which is a cannon, a and tripod just, cannon. Just, instead of just a disintegrate Starscream. 
Yeah, okay. tripod cannon. Okay. I I'm just saying uh that's very specific it was like a very specific conversation for a show that's maybe <laughs> geared towards people who haven't necessarily seen the movie. It's just a, it was an interesting choice. <laughs> and and it's I like, get oh, I oh, see that. It wasn't oh you weren't you weren't killed by unicorn scepter, you were co- killed by Alcatron. Like <laughs> I love the name. Please understand, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing at those awesome names. Like, like it's just, it's just like it's, they're just saying it's like you weren't killed by this gibberish. You were killed by this gibberish. It's just like I, I don't know. It was just an interesting well, like, choice. It's it's, it's he, history te- uh, techno jargon. He did explain earlier that like he, his story when he first shows up is that he died protecting Galvatron from Unicron. So those names have already been mentioned. Oh, in the he episode. does. He did say he was protecting Galvatron. I remembered him saying yeah. that he got blown up by Unicron. Uh, but okay, I guess that I guess that makes a little more sense. But it just seemed it just was like totally. Just, yeah, and, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I get that. And um, I, as someone who knows the, the history, I, I I thought it was a really cool bit of continuity. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I could understand how if you didn't really know it, you'd be like, "What the fuck are they?" And I mean, about? and I mean, it's like in. <laughs> I feel like if it was, if this was, if I was watching Ghost in the Shell, and they make reference to some like history generals things, you know, whatever, and it was a similar like this, the this this faction versus this faction, and you don't know what either of those are, like, I feel like it, it would be fine, but like. For some reason, I don't know. For some reason, Beast Wars seems like it should be more simple, but it's cool that it's. Not, I mean, it's cool. It was just an. It was a weird. It was a weird choice, but I think it. I think it works, especially if they're really trying to. I mean, obviously, they were trying to do world building with this show. Oh, definitely at this point. And and, and people and it, were already curious as to how they all knitted together. Yeah, it just yeah. it just seems this this since probably since it was so overt. And talking about characters that I would consider obscure because they weren't in the Michael Bay movies, at least that the ones that I saw, um, <laughs> like it, it, it makes it it it's a little different than talking about the Sparks and Proto Maximals and stuff like where it's where it's technical jargon. Like this is specific moments in history that I feel like I missed a thing, which I guess I did miss a thing. I don't know. Mm. At least we were able to explain it to you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, just, yeah, I didn't even. This makes I you really want to do the bonus episode of the movie, Kendall, because it's a really good movie. I mean, <laughs> I've got that on DVD, and I didn't even like. I didn't even necessarily feel like they like. I needed the the details, but it, like, if I just, I don't know. Like, I took it as a uh, Omnicron was the was a was a good guy that blew up Starscream, and Alcatraz was a was a bad mm-hmm. guy. And, they're all bad guys, yeah. <laughs> but I guess they're all, yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, that's it's cool. Uh, yeah, U- Unicron is is you know Galactus meets the Death Star is is yeah. all you need to know, Pretty and he's the, and and he is threatening the existence of all life. So anyway, he's he's, he's, the, he's a, is he working on the anti life equation. He's kind of going to digest all life, pretty much. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Getting back to the episode. This is another tangent. Yeah, I had, I actually, yeah, I, one last note. I had not seen Transformers, the movie, uh, in the 80s. Like, I just somehow missed it, didn't see it until college. So I hadn't seen it when I saw this episode. 
all I was like is, man, Starscream dies? That's weird. Starscream can become a ghost? That's really weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, we can continue now. <laughs> so we, we get a bit of an exchange between the two of them. Uh, Starscream asks Black Arachne why he didn't why she didn't reveal him to Megatron. And she basically says, well, I was hoping you would make me a better offer. So he sort of realizes that he can be a bit of a role model for her and uh, sort of takes her literally under his wing, so to speak. Uh, yeah, he, he, he puts his hand on his shoulder and starts walking with her. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they start walking down the hallway. And I'm trying to remember, I think... Scorbronach runs in and says the Maximals yeah. are approaching. Yeah, and then we cut outside and Optimus calls out for Starscream and he transforms and the, we then have the Predacons show up and basically Optimus is trying to make a deal. Rattrap's kind of pissed off at this at the same time and we sort of get the idea that they're trying to trick Starscream so to speak, because Dinobot keeps moving around and Rattrap keeps telling him to stop. <laughs> yeah, they show up and they're like, we surrender, and it's all like, they look all mopey, but then it goes back to Dinobot, and he's like, rah, 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 and he's all kind of like getting angry about the whole situation, and, and Rattrap's like, you're supposed to be dead! Shut up! I'm not dead. <laughs> he's supposed to be you know, half, half dead. Half dead. And yeah. he snaps out and he says, keep it up and I'll, I'll use you as a role model. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And then Tigatron growls at both of them. Yeah. <laughs> If it's not the dinosaurs, it's the felines or something. Yes. Grace's rat trap. So from here, uh, the Predacons exit the base, and Starscream is uh, sort of negotiating, I guess you could say, with Optimus. Um, Optimus basically says, we surrender. <laughs> Starscream's like, really? It seems too convenient. And Optimus, of course, tries to act a little bit, saying that they don't have a choice, and Dinobot's taken heavy damage, and Starscream realize, realizes, oh, yes, you need to see our chamber. He's like, how nice for you, but what's in it for me? And Optimus is like, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. And so he's like, I'll accept. Bring him forward. <laughs> he leans over to Black Arachnia and says, lesson one, always show compassion. It's a useful cover for your true motives. <laughs> And, and I, I'm, I'm like, feel, I feel like Optimus totally heard that, but he's like, I'm trying to trick them. I don't care, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I heard that or anything. Yeah, it's it's two parties that are both like, I'm totally smarter than this other guy. I'm gonna double cross yeah. him. <laughs> so yeah, they they go inside, and Dinobot is put into the CR chamber, and then we get Starscream uh, says, "Good now." You reap the appropriate reward for your trust and good faith. And then he basically turns on him and says, disarm him, force him to transform, and then chain him in a hold or somewhere. <laughs> and he literally says, in the hold or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Because he, he doesn't have intel <laughs> about the maximal base. Like, because they don't yeah. do anything with it. And, and they just sort of rushed in. And Starscream is, you know, might be smart, but doesn't have doesn't have the book smarts. He's got the instinct or whatever. Yeah. In this in this next scene, I just noticed these they're standing on top of the ship, and and uh, tell it to tell the Maximals that you know they've we've captured Dinobot and Optimus Primal, 
and like and uh, Wasp and Haters uh, slash Starscream's leg is totally clipping through one of these cannons. Yep. <laughs> like it's just right in the middle of it. Oh, you're right. Wow. That's it's really... like this is a machinima show or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's red versus blue. Well, it's <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, yes, it is red versus blue. But I mean, the technology they're using is probably less than what yeah like machinima type stuff would be because well, machinima is way more advanced because it was you could position you could live control and position all the characters whereas right. this one had to be rigged up this is like toy story style but just oh, on a budget yeah yeah we we get starscream who who's now said i've taken your two friends hostage you'll do what i say or else i'll kill them it's like, but we were already surrendering to you, so I'm not really sure where, where the yeah, advantage is here. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they said, we had a deal. It's like, yeah, the deal was that you would do what he says. Like, I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it. <laughs> I didn't alter the deal. The only, the only alteration he's made is that Optimus is a prisoner now. That's the only yep. alteration. Which, it's not that big of a change. But, I mean, I think the, the Maximals are playing it up. It's like... Mm. It, right, you totally right. got us, Starscream. You're so smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Now go shoot at the yeah, uh, go shoot at the Predacons. Oh no, anything but that. We would never do that unless we were under some kind of influence. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you and your leverage over us. <laughs> Such a weird this Curse is sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yeah, this this bit is just like I don't know. It's a little yeah, I think both sides are playing it up a little bit. But it's just kind of hard to tell how much of it is that versus how much of it is like wonky I think writing. Like genuinely thinks like he is this he has had this genius plan. He has no yeah. idea how much of the yeah. status quo he's just reinforcing. Right. Also, like the other thing that I keep wondering about Starscream. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't seen G one, but sometimes when in like comics and things, when you have a character go from one universe to another, like and the the writing style is vastly different. Like you have the, the character from the sort of like the golden age world coming into the more modern world. And they're like, they don't quite get that. Like you can have strategy in fighting and stuff. It's not, you don't just have to punch and everything. And I, I almost wonder if Starscream, like, you know, if they're, if they're sort of playing into Starscream's hand because of, he was in a cartoon from the eighties. Sort of thing. I guess that doesn't make sense. Oh well. Moving well, on. I think I think they sort of knew going into it that Starscream was going to be betraying Megatron. Right. I think they're just trying to sort of facilitate be a catalyst. It. Yeah, they're trying to facilitate it a bit quicker. They're trying to get the their ship back, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so hard to tell. Yeah, it's just so hard to tell how much of it is like not the best writing versus how much of it is actually in universe plan. I mean, I guess, I guess if it wasn't, if I wasn't tired and grumpy, then I'd probably give them more of a benefit of the doubt, but it just, <laughs> I don't know. Something, something sat weird with me. It just seems, it just seems so weird that he's like, that they're like, we had a deal. And it's like, that was the deal. Like, I don't, <laughs> and you know what, even if it was, if it's like, I mean, if you surrender, like he has to have some kind of leverage over them. Other, otherwise, the surrender would be completely meaningless. Yeah. Well, yeah, the whole purpose I, I of the surrender is just so that they can get inside the ship and get to their. I, yeah, I do think the Maximals are just entirely playing it up, mm-hmm. and Starscream just Starscream isn't like honestly his 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 previous competency is out of character for him. 
So, I mean, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because Starscream is normally very shoot first, ask questions later sort. Well, he's he's the he's the pterosaur of G1, right? He's yeah. all talk. Yeah, yeah he's all that, talk. And, yeah. I, I guess I, I would guess say that, that makes sense. The advantage that, that Starscream has here in this situation is experience. Because he is like, because these guys are all pretty relatively new to war, while Starscream was like even the beginning of Transformers, they've been at the Decepticons and and Autobots have been at war for like a very long time. That's a so good point. I think that's the only advantage he has is that is experience, but he's still a dumbass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and they had been fighting on Earth for like a decade by the time that uh, that yeah. Starstream got got blasted. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. True. Yeah, like yeah that because because we're coming out of a time of relative peace in. In, amongst in the with the Cybertroniness, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so we do get a little bit of a cute line here because Radtrap says you're nothing but a scheming snake in the grass, and <laughs> Star screams like flattery will get you flattened, vermin. You get to the part where he shot Scorponok because that part's awesome. Oh yes, yeah, because Scorponok Scorp- is like, what? Attack the Predacon base? It's like you're a traitor. Boom. Scorponok spins around and then Black Arachnia just uh, point blanks him with her little crossbow and knocks him <laughs> flying. Yeah, that was pretty great. And then, and then Rattrap like, follows like Scorponok flying away with his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And that's when he calls him the Slippery Snake. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, I want to pose a question here in response to them, him telling... Uh, let's let's look at things from Starscream's perspective. What is his end game here? Because, like, does he just want to become the leader? Kill of the Predacons. The leader of the Predacon. Like, so he's in it for the glory and the status. Yeah, he just wants to be the leader. Once he's the leader, he'd pretty much try and rough run shot, rough shot over the Maximals. And then if they were able to somehow escape the planet, he'd probably want to go ahead and try and try and restart the war. Okay. Well, the well, he's so Starscream. Like, yeah, he's he's always trying to become the leader. He doesn't really have a end, end game after he becomes a leader. In this case, he kind of wants to prove that he is a military genius and that he is, does deserve to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's done this by he thinks conquering the Maximals, and now he's going to conquer the the Predacons. Uh, you know, showing his superiority. It's like that that he's mostly after. But, yeah. like, also keep in mind that he loves the status. Like, Megatron didn't have a crown or anything like that, but the minute Starscream took over for Megatron in the movie, he immediately, like, gets a crown and a cape and, like, has a coronation ceremony. Yes. Yeah. Like, does, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so... It's just I, like, I is guys... his goal... Is his goal... Because it just seems... What it seems like is for his goal is to convince everybody to kill each other and then to kill everybody else and then he's the boss of nobody he's the you know he would still want subjects he just wants to kill anybody that's a threat to him he's the most powerful man on the cinder as the comedian said yeah like he does he doesn't want to kill black arachnia for instance he wants like cool with her for now well yeah Um, i mean she's the first woman he's seen in like a million years so yeah (laughs) uh and i think i think one of us wanted to highlight the exchange between my trap and Waspader here. We didn't say the full thing where, like, Waspader retorts back with, like, flattery will get you flattened. Yeah. Bad. And then he, he's basically like, obey me! 
And then Rhinox. <laughs> Rhinox is like, well, we don't have a choice. So and his ears get all like flappy down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll go shoot the Preds. <laughs> Yay. Thanks Eeyore. for noticing me. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we cut inside, and uh, Optimus is the. I don't even know where they got these shackles, or you can't really even call them that because they stuck his arms into like Asset this metal. Library. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they bolted him to a wall and he manages to um, he, he, he just sort of like you were saying earlier, Jordan, or was it Jordan or was it Kendall it that was, was saying that he, okay, see, he's just person horrible. Person Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm, no, I'm Jordan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> but we get Optimus, and he overpowers these restraints. It, he breaks the ones on his arms, and then he sort of puffs out his chest and manages to sort of break himself free, and then puffs trans- out his gut. Actually, yeah, as he gets uh, his monkey gut, his muscly monkey gut. Yeah. And he manages to transform, and he is coincidentally placed right where they have all the weapons stored in the floor from earlier. I like to imagine he was being brought for the hall, and he's and he's like, "Don't tie me up there. Yeah. That would be the worst place." <laughs> uh, I'm finally, I'm finally point. seeing the Decepticon logo on Waspinator's head. I was looking for it. I still, I still haven't noticed it because I'm terrible. When they're looking at the monitor of Tigertron and uh, and Rhinox. Ah. Uh, Blasting away at nothing, uh, yeah. and he turns the head to talk to Black Arachne. It's right there. Yeah, <laughs> it looks pretty cool, actually. Yep, it's a good logo. Yeah, we get another little exchange between uh, Starscream and Black Arachne, where where Starscream says, "Lesson two: They're always more gullible than you'd hope." <laughs> yeah, lesson two: Always be way overconfident in your plan. Yeah, <laughs> and right after he says this, we then get Optimus who says, "Lesson three: Disregard lessons one and two. Fuck he, yeah, Optimus. So yeah. Optimus is Optimus is not for showing compassion. That's interesting. Mm, not not to false show false compassion. That's lesson one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compassion's yeah. a useful tool for for masking your true uh, uh, agenda or whatever." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they tell, tell Optimus that. Oh, sorry. I just Ooh, I think ahead. that this is more evidence that uh, the Maximals, <laughs> uh, you know, and this episode is pretty clear. They 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 hide they hide the information that doesn't go along with their uh, with their indoctrination, you know, and and now <laughs> uh, Optimus does not support compassion. I yeah, I, I could probably get on board with the Maximals as a whole being a little fucked up. Because there probably was a bit of, like, class prejudice with, like, Predacons and stuff. There's got to be some reason Megatron's able to, like, um, um, get, be able to garner this resistance. But I don't... But, but I'm Optimus pretty sure the IDW that. comics Optimus get into some of it. a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... I mean, maybe he was... Maybe he's a victim of indoctrination, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, Prime, and, that Optimus Primal's a Boy Scout? 
Yeah, I'm, yes. yeah that's, uh, I mean, I think that's actually a fair point. I mean, I guess my, and, and my, uh, my, my whole thesis for this is that it's not that like literally text textually the, the document, these document, these documentaries that we're watching, um, are, are <laughs> the historical in, documents. Ex- exactly. Exactly. It's, um, the idea is that it was, if you think of it as the history is written by the winners. So this is a, if this was a biopic of, of the, of the maximal of the beast wars, you know, obviously it's going to be, and and the Maximals won the Beast Wars. It's going to be written from from the point of view of the of the Maximals at being the good guys, and you know, so you hear you have to when you watch something like that, you have to look for the little little cracks <laughs> and something you know stuff like stuff like that. It's you know got to point it out. The Waspinator's like we can take them because there's two of us and one of him. Yeah. <laughs> and then Optimus, of course, says, "Well, how about we make this a double date then?" And so he manages confirming, to... confirming the Optimus Dinobot ship. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Optimus slash Dinobot is canon. Yeah. <laughs> so he he manages to shoot the door of the CR chamber, and Dinobot immediately emerges and transforms, and they are ready to fight. <laughs> and Starscream immediately decides to run. <laughs> fucking asshole he's like yeah, very like- impressive Optimus Primal but I still have my wits and my superior speed Zing. So, yeah he flies through the ceiling and Black Arachne is like thanks for the help remind me to return the favor yeah <laughs> well I mean she he's got it's pretty clear like he's he's it's it's a it's a $20 toy and like a featured $10 toy versus uh, versus a ten dollar toy and another ten dollar toy, both of which are kind of like C list at best anyway. So I think it makes <laughs> sense to retreat in that situation. It actually would have been interesting if if we'd have seen if we'd have gotten a fight between two against one with Optimus just sort of letting loose. But you know, mm-hmm. take what yeah. you can get. Yeah. Otherwise, Optimus the episode definitely would end like a or... badass throughout the uh, throughout the next little bit here. Oh yeah. Yeah, because what we get here is uh, Optimus tries to contact the other Maximals, and we find out that there's too much interference, so he immediately starts flying off and leaves Dinobot with the ship. Dinobot didn't seem overly impressed with being left on the ship. I got the impression he wanted to go and fight. But uh, So he flies off. Um, we then cut to, to Rhinox and Tigatron, who are still sort of shooting, and he said, "This is suicide. We gotta pull back." And then we have, oh wait, no, we have a scene here, I think, where Cheetor and Rat Trap. Yeah, yeah, we get the crawling scene, and then we get Rhinox because Rat Trap and Cheetor are sort of tr- crawling along the ground, trying to get to the entrance to the base. And then there's a bunch of floodlights that activate. And a ton of guns <laughs> that sort of are ready to shoot. Oh, security camera. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think there was a. Uh oh! Did I lose somebody? Do you remember the scene from a while a few, back? Yeah. Where the reverse of that? Yeah, because they're just sort of stuck there, and it's the back and forth between the guns and them, and the guns and them. <laughs> and then they, they're like, uh. 
then we cut to this is where we get Rhinox. He's like, this is suicide. And that's when the guns start shooting. Yeah. And then we get uh, Cheetor and Rattrap, who are both running away from the firing guns. So they all run run behind some rocks. I just want to point out that Rhinox is dual wielding his chain guns, and it looks fucking cool. Yes. So he's like, this is suicide. We we can't, uh, we got to pull back. And then we get Starscream oh. who who shows up. He's like, no, attack. That is an order. I want to point something out real quick. Yep, um, we've debated before whether um, Rhinox has sh- um, ammunition or if he uses energy weapons. And shells are clearly flying out of his guns mm. as yes. he backs out. Mm. Throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, not super honorable that... Uh, Optimus surrenders only to betray the people that he surrendered to. Doesn't really go along with like you know. <laughs> actually, surrendering like art like, of war, man. Like, well, yeah. it's just like I mean, you know, you you because then the next time if he actually does surrender, they'll be like, no, you're not going to surrender. We're just going to blow you up instead. Well, calculated risk. I'm I'm just saying like like honor and stuff. Like <laughs> you should be a man of your word, kind of thing. It seems like it seems like that would go that goes against that that seems like it would go against either either it would go against Optimus's character or whatever or it's actually because the Maximals are bad guys but um I mean you can take it either way but I think it's problematic mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think um, he didn't betray Megatron so it's cool that's true he was probably hoping that you know. Regardless of whether he was able to defeat all of the Predacons, at least he could get rid of Starscream, he figured. So, 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 but then, then that, it's like you're using your enemy's tactics, you're sinking to your enemy's level, which seems contrary mm. to the point of the Maximals. Or maybe that is the point. Maybe that's the point of Beast Wars, is it's that darker tone that sometimes you do have to sink to, uh, you, you have to, you have to do things, you'd have to do ugly things in war. I don't know. Just like throw that episode free of DS9. I <laughs> see DS nine references don't work for me because I've only seen the Damn first it. couple seasons. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Rogue one works too. It's like rogue one, a star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, that works. Uh, but oh, I, rogue just, one, a yeah, beast war story. It's just uh, <laughs> something to think of. It just, see, it beast seems like transformer story. It seems like, uh, uh, and, and also the fact that it's Dinobot and Optimus, because those are the two characters that sort of have their arbitrary code of honor, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're they're the they're what I would consider chaotic good. Although um, Emily probably has a more specific definition of chaotic good than me, so you know whatever. You can move on. I'm just I'm just riffing at this point. <laughs> All right. So we we get Optimus who shows up at this battle. And he he says, I have to tell you, Starscream, you're giving space debris a very bad name. And then we get a little bit of banter uh, with Starscream saying, Primal, you begin to irritate me. And this is where we get the scene where Rhinox says, I'd say it's trampling time. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. But then we get um, Optimus who says, no, leave him to me. He's mine. But... Um, Trying to remember, so he starts flying towards Starscream. Starscream's trying to to shoot at him for some reason. Can't hit the broadside of a barn, and this well, is the part. Back on, he's not used to. 
Yeah. So, I've had some good punches this this episode. This is what I was going to bring up. This is why I asked if there was any mention of Popeye because Optimus sort of starts swinging his arm like oh, Popeye yeah. did, like he was getting ready to punch something. Yeah, he winds up a punch. Yeah, and he nails Starscream, sends him flying into a, a big boulder. And I think the toy he went, had a thing that did something. Yes, like no, it this. didn't. Well, the the punch. arms do well, not a wind up punch, but the arms do spin a little. There's like um, a, it it the thing that flipped out one of the guns. Uh, it does it does have the thing that flips out the guns? But there's a little, sort of like a little trigger. So when you have him in gorilla mode, or if he ha- if he was holding his swords, he would swing oh, his arms back and forth, yeah, sort of almost like he was now. beating his chest. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I didn't mention it earlier because I was a little bit distracted. But yeah, when he when I really liked it when he when he punches Terrasaur in the face as he's flying out. Yeah, and this is like kind of a really repeat of that. Face in. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. And then here he does it again to Waspinator or Starscream. So once he once he punches Starscream, we then um, it's showing that it's uh, on a monitor inside the Predacon ship, and Megatron's like. Starscream and Black Arachnia, I'll have both their treacherous hides. Yes. I'll melt them down and use them for aluminum siding. We know you won't do that because Pterosaur is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither one of these guys can can afford to give up any of their soldiers. No. Yeah. So from yeah, here within. Like Pterosaur's like his punching bag too. Like it's kind of a <laughs> It's not like I mean he he does send Pterosaur on all of the like most humiliating like it's like it's always Pterosaur and Waspinator and yeah it's because they're flyers but also like I mean Waspinator is just sort of at the bottom of the pecking order and then Pterosaur constantly wants to be like he should be the lieutenant but but because he constantly is undermining his own authority and trying to betray Megatron and stuff he ends up. As at the bottom of the at the bottom of the food chain too, so he's he's, he's like a guy who's who's like keeps on trying to escape prison and, and ends up getting his sentence extended so many times. What if he just served the time he'd been out like right. twenty years ago? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So from here, we when we cut back outside, um, Starscream's sort of trying to pedal back a little bit and almost trying to play to primal. A little bit saying, uh, maybe I was a bit rash. Um, of course, Optimus isn't really having any of it. <laughs> and so we get, um, they're in a bit of a standoff. And as it turns out, Starscream is sort of crawled so that his head is almost resting on a little bit of an Energon deposit. And as he tries to plead with Optimus saying, surely we can work something out. We then cut to Black, black Arachnia. He's such, he's such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the minute we're friends. I mean, he says that, that they're friends. And it's like, no, yeah. no, you no, never friends. No, we're not. <laughs> but uh, we, we see Black Arachnia on top of the Predacon ship, and she's got her gun. And he's like, Black Arachnia, destroy him, and we can still triumph together. Fucking hell. <laughs> and, and we then get her saying all of all are all your dreams in technicolor and this is when starscream realizes that he's right beside energon <laughs> and he's like you've betrayed me and she's like i studied with the master and so, yeah. so she shoots 
And as the missile's coming in, uh, Starscream's starting to have a uh, Energon surge. And then we cut to Optimus, as it because it's sort of going between the missile, Starscream, Optimus, back and forth really quickly. And this is where we then get Asta La Vista Starscream. Oh, my God. And then the shades like literally masses. drop down. Yeah, there's shades that drop down over Optimus's He's eyes. He's got to deal with the shades. He's had them this whole time. That's amazing. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes flying off. His Starscream is just sort of like laying there. He can't move. And you get the missile that comes in in a huge explosion. It leaves this big crater in the middle of the ground. And so we black out, and then we go back into the Predacon ship, and we see, surprisingly, Waspinator's body looks pretty good for being blown apart. Well, this is, is several it, hours later. Yeah, because they well, managed and, to piece him back together. Well, as long as he's not shot through the chest a single time, then he'll, he's able to be revived. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my theory here is that as an Energon explosion, it, it kind of was more like an EMP than like yeah. an actual force explosion. Because we didn't I mean, get an actual fireball explosion fire- like we did last episode. Yeah. Which 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 Energon can, can cause. So I don't know like what the difference is. Mm. And why this is, wasn't that, but it wasn't. Well, that missile that uh, Scorfinoff fired was some kind of high pitch sonic weapon as well that mm-hmm. kind of resonated in a frequency that caused them to blow up in a fireball. As opposed mm. to this one just basically making things go boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Yes, we we get uh, Megatron, who's holding Waspinator's head in his jaw, in his like T Rex jaws, and Waspinator says, "Waspinator has a headache in his whole body." Uh, <laughs> and we're having a little bit of a discussion between Megatron and Black Arachnia, and she's explaining herself, saying that she had to play along with Starscream to find out his true true intentions. And Megatron, of course, says, you're smooth, Black Arachnia, very smooth. It does not inspire confidence. No. <laughs> so, and then he jams Waspinator's head back onto his body. So, we then cut to the, the Maximal base, and Rattrap is sort of, like, fixing his seat in the command center. They're trying to clean everything up. And they ask um, Cheetor if he's going to help out, and he's sort of on the roof looking up at the sky and it's nighttime now and we get a little picture of the two moons in the distance <laughs> and Cheetor Cheetor is like just checking out f- checking for new constellations it's like twinkle twinkle little Starscream <laughs> and then we, we cut back to space and we see Starscream start floating off into the distance and he says I'll be back even if it takes a thousand years I'll be revenged on you all there's that's I mean and there's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, not a, and then not it a plays bad the, episode. And then it just plays the, the uh, song from the end of Jurassic Park from Futurama as Starscream's spark <laughs> just flips through the ether. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand summers. <laughs> I will wait for you. Uh, yeah. Pretty good episode overall, I think. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Definitely one of the better ones. I think they were they were putting more effort than usual into the storyline because they were trying to uh, insert continuity. Yeah, definitely build the lore. So I have to ask Joe, what? Um, There's what lore you... here. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. 
in case, in for, for any listener who doesn't understand, you need to, to ch- try and find uh, TWA and their shirts that they designed for, for TKO. TKO. Yeah, for TKO, uh, they made a, a shirt with a rabbit, and it says, there's lore here. So, <laughs> repairing on the tradition. I wish I had made that game. I was just... I, I, it just didn't work for me either of the nights that they did it. Yeah, yeah me neither. It was a good time though. So I'm so I, don't own the, that I, game. Don't, I don't understand the Lord Rabbit F reference at all, and I feel like kind of left out. <laughs> well, the, well the thing with TKO is that you have to create a you have to create a a, a few like designs like graphical designs yeah. um, with zero context. Like you can ask for a, you can click on a button that'll give you an inspiration of what to draw if you're stumped. And then you make you know you make your um, illustration, and then you just have to come up with as many phrases as you can, and then it will just match those phrases to other people's illustrations. So it's yeah. pretty much complete non sequitur. And sometimes you just come up with amazing combinations. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much what this one was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody have any uh, any other thoughts on the episode? Uh, just, I really liked it, and like it's it was cool as like someone who was. Um, not as familiar as other people, but pretty familiar with G1. It was it was fun to see Starscream. He's one of my favorite characters. Like he's one yeah. of the best Transformers characters ever, really. Definitely. So Yeah, it was really cool. I, I liked handle? it too. And I remember oh, and, hmm? Well I was gonna say the the pacing was really good. Like a lot happened that episode, but yeah. it didn't it didn't feel rushed either. It was like it was good. Yep. And I was gonna say like I remember as a kid that I kind of realized that uh, his voice wasn't wasn't the same star screen but i thought it was pretty close i was yeah, like it was pretty good and i thought it was like a really good thing and i and that's one of the things i liked like how there was a little bit of a difference uh once he was possessed how uh waspinator looked so that it essentially was a just like a completely different person his eyes and, were a lot more expressive i found yeah and i think i think they did a good job of of showing that there was a difference between how waspinator usually uh acted in the show mm-hmm. which I mean, you know, if this was the first episode someone saw, they might not get it. But if they've seen, like, one or two before, like, just, just only, like, a single episode before with him in it, they would have noticed a big difference. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of, like, a neat thing to do, like, to show that, you know, that the character, they've actually went out of their way to start giving the characters more, like, such detail and, and, and personality that they are able to just do a little bit of... Di- things here and there and you can tell that the character has either you know is acting like this or has changed or whatever mm-hmm. yep. you can like the way that they were framing um, framing Starscream uh, as opposed to how they would normally frame Wasp and the other and it's like a lot of a lot of Dutch angles and a lot of you know from framing him from below to make him seem bigger and he's got better posture yeah, and to further illustrate the point uh, for people who might be have listened to previous episodes, he didn't go out and sulk or sit in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I actually I kind of knew going. In, I knew you guys were going to like this episode more than me. <laughs> um, it was it was fine. Uh, two things really. There were two things about it that kind of pulled me out of it. One, they could have done better with not making it sound like Pterosaur. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I guess if Pterosaur sounds like Starscream, maybe that's harder, but like that really, really just sounded like Pterosaur. It, it, it didn't sound like Pterosaur at all for me. I don't know. I did hear Pterosaur in it. I think they, 
you were right, Joe. I think they added like a metal filter onto it. But uh, I I did definitely hear Pterosaur in there. I guess for me, Pterosaur is more squawky and and uh, Starscream's more um, screechy. So I, I just I don't know if you sound different enough to me, but it might be there. just it might be just like the uh, the Billy West effect. Like if you don't know what Billy West sounds like, then mm-hmm. uh, you don't notice every single character that he does. Um, but then once you realize that the same guy does Fry and did Doug and was uh, Stimpy, the and, Red M M&M. and M, and the Red M M&M, and M, and then you listen to him, and you're like, that's all the same character. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and he's and I mean he's done a million things, but like you 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 suddenly you it, you just hear it, and it's and it's a and it's doing a it's doing a voice, but you can really tell it's the same character as opposed to somebody like uh, like Steve Bloom who just always does his own voice. So obviously you hear him that he's the same guy, but he's just doing his own voice. I don't know. It just really pulled me out of it. And then also, I mean, frankly. I'm not super interested in connecting with, uh, with the G1, particularly the G1 lore. Like I'm okay with establishing establishing continuity, uh, establishing the, like world building. I'm okay with world building. I like the spark and the proto form and stuff like that. But like this specifically referencing something that specifically happened in the movie seems a little. I don't know. It's it was different. Like in the first episode, we're like, "Remember the Great War," and it's like I didn't know. That's just scene setting. I literally yeah. didn't know that the Great War was was a thing in the shows. I just like I thought the Great War was a thing that happened in maximal history. You know, um, for literally the, my entire life because I always remembered that line and I thought that was kind of an interesting, vague thing that happened a long time ago, and. As opposed to this one that specifically mentions these characters that I've never heard of. It just sort of, I, I don't know, it's just sort of, yeah. And I mean, I mean, probably, honestly, even, like, even if I'd, if I'd have watched this episode not having watched, like, I don't know. I don't even know where I know the name Starscream from. But I guess he's in the Michael Bay movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if I had seen this, if I had seen this episode, like in 2006, before I saw the Michael Bay movie, I would be like, "What? What are they talking about?" <laughs> which I, which, which, to be fair, I might be like, "That's awesome." What are they talking about? I don't know, but it just, I like, I guess, I like Beast Wars better when it's, when it's, when it's world building and creating its own thing rather than it's feeling like it's, yeah, when <laughs> it's self-contained, exactly. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dichotomy here with uh, these uh, the rest of us who kind of know G one and you don't having this kind of fresh perspective on it because this is definitely this is an episode made for G oneers. Oh, definitely. You know, like yeah. that's that's who a it's for. And and for it's us, we're for, just like that's great. That's awesome. Made for people that and, only care about the first hundred and fifty one Transformers. But it's <laughs> <laughs> but it. Uh, that's good, um, but yeah. Then but they had to expand the, who... the transformer rap, and it got really convoluted. <laughs> 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 but for someone who's, who's, who's new to the series from this, yeah, I guess I guess it. I I, I guess it isn't very good at explaining what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, I can understand. The only verse I knew. <laughs> 
I spent I, I spent so long knowing what the original Transformers were, like what G one was, like not even really being familiar with like post movie stuff where they killed off half the characters and brought in new ones. Yes. And um and, and like renting those, you know, it's the videos that were available at the video store and all that stuff. So that when Beast Wars came around and I was in my teens, it was n- interesting to see that the, them bring some of that stuff in. So think, trying to think about it as somebody that was that had never seen anything before Beast Wars is like a perspective I didn't realize like really existed all that much. Like obviously, so it had to be somebody's first Transformers, uh, but I just. Never it was probably anybody. a lot of people's first Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Statistically speaking, yeah. I just never have. I've just never met anyone for whom that was their first Transformers. I mean, I, so it's interesting yeah. to hear that perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. And I mean, I knew that Transformers existed, and I probably saw like a random episode, but like this was the first. This was my my first perception, like consciously, of Transformers, and mm-hmm. and really to this day, like it's this and the Michael and the first two Michael Bay movies. That's. The extent of my knowledge, and I think, oh, and I read a Transformers Avengers crossover book, comic book. So, oh yeah, I forgot they had done that. And all I remember about it is Tony Stark did the thing that he does all the time, where he's like fighting, and it's like you have eight percent power left. And he's like, keep going, you have seven percent power left. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like the best Iron Man thing ever. So yeah. So I have to ask Joe yes. if if. How would you have handled Starscream? Well, I had to put a lot of thought into this. Uh, it's the whole reason that why you guys called. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if we... Well, I mean, take... who are you going to call, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not, not the Ghost Smashers. Those guys are a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the... Uh, so if we if we want to classify this, I've got all my reference material out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, going by Chem Spectral class- Classification Table, uh, which goes from levels uh, classes one through seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had said that. I think we we pretty much decided it was probably a seven. Well, I mean, it could be, but the uh, but Starscream starts off as a class four when he's just the spark, like he's yes. he can possess people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any any ability to bend reality, so I don't know that I would classify him as a seven. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like all this stuff is based on human. But if we just take you know, if we just take it as a as person, uh, so class four is identical to a class three, which just means that it's humanoid, uh, except for the spirit's mortal progenitor has been positively established, which means that he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to other stuff, it's more extra dimensional. But they'll play. But where that could come into play is just you know he was outside of space and time, so potentially That's true. <laughs> potentially he could have picked up uh, picked up more, but he doesn't seem like he's he doesn't seem like he has any powers other than the, the ability to inhabit the body. And we don't yeah. like it, I don't even know how unusual that is in a Transformers situation. Well, where I mean, all he did travel from he did travel from the second dimension to the third dimension. True. <laughs> You've got a good point there. <laughs> Oh my! But maybe that was that was, seems like that was more Unicron's power than uh, than Starscream's ability. Yeah, true. Sort of um, like an after effect of the blast, maybe. I mean, yeah, it seems like it. Like it does. It just dissolved his body because uh, Unicron was able to transform Megatron into Galvatron and remake other Decepticons into new forms and new bodies. Yeah. But, uh, wait. So. What do you mean it was Unicron? I thought I thought Calculon was the one that that shot that destroyed. Uh... <laughs> no, it was Calculon's evil twin. 
I didn't even no. know what I was referencing there. But I get the, the joke fact, now. You know, he was supposed to say yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm actually curious as to how one would, bu- would bust the ghost of Starscream. Because mm. if you take, you know, organic entities, you have people, they... You know, we have a positive life force, and then the negative life force, psychokinetic energy, is what creates the ghost. Yeah. But, the, but uh, these are machines who are electrically powered, and so they would be running off of a negative life force. I wonder if they make a, a positively charged life force. It's, uh, it's curious if the uh, if a proton beam would even uh, would even be able to restrain it, or if it would just charge it up. Mm. So then, would you need an electron beam? Yeah, a Tesla coil might be all you needed to subdue to subdue a, a rogue spark. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. I made appara- words up. Apparently, an energon blast will do the trick for dislodging one. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's late. I uh, I, I don't know how. <laughs> you did a great job. It's though. For I, I, it's 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 amazing to me that there's like. And you can even do this kind of a breakdown. There's always like information about these things in in. Trying try to do the breakdown and, and making it entertaining is my challenge here because I've got I've got the Ghost from Our Past uh, novel uh, from the new movie. I've got the 1986 role playing game guide in front of me, the 1989 uh, expansion set in front of me, and then uh, the newly uh, the 2016 Tobin Spirit Guide that, that was released uh, last year. Um, oh, you released a new Tobin Spirit Guide. Yeah, you get to release new ones every now and again. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd, so maybe that highly uh, recommend. I, I I enjoyed your breakdown. <laughs> Tobin Spirit if Guide sounds like interested. a magic card. <laughs> <laughs> well, it predates magic cards, but yeah, it's yeah. a magic book. I'll tap a green, cast my <laughs> Tobin Spirit Guide. <laughs> there is a, I think there is a, a Tobin Spirit Guide card either in the current um, board game or in the in the one that's coming out next year, I assume. The expansion set slash sequel to it, hmm. but yeah, I, I recommend that if anyone's actually interested in this, like and likes to get into the techno babble and like the lore and everything of uh, Ghostbusters, uh, you can you can still pick up Tobin Spirit Guide on Amazon. It's like twenty five bucks, and yeah. it's written by uh, Eric Burnham, who does the who writes all of the current IDW comics, oh, and nice. um, illustrated by Dan Schoening, who I've been following since he was a deviant art artist, uh, nice. just so fan cool. art, and and he's huh. the official comic artist now and he does a great job with this thing for the record it up on amazon i just want to also do you also have a copy of the handbook for the recently deceased i have it on my wish list Um, okay i haven't haven't bought it yet and uh mostly that's just because there's nothing in it or Uh at least to us mortal uh, at least to mortal eyes (laughs) so i don't know it'd be fun to have it on hand oh yeah but uh i have a little i have a I got this leather pouch to hang off of my uniform that like hangs down by my leg that I was originally going to make my own Tobin's like miniaturize this Tobin spirit guide and put it in there. And then I found out it was exactly the right size for, uh, for the deck of oversized Zenner, uh, Zenner cards for PKE or for, uh, precognitive testing. So with, all the, with like the star, oh, the square, the circle. Nice. So I have like the giant ones that, that Peter Bankman uses in the movie, and uh, and so I can hold it up and have people guess. And I use that for contests and things. Nice. Awesome. It is awesome to bring to bars. Oh yeah. 
because I've been invited to go out to uh, like some of the nerd bars here in, in my costume, especially in October. And just uh, I'll just sit down and I'll be like, if you can tell me what's on this card, then, uh, then you know, I'll get you a drink or something. <laughs> Otherwise, you got to buy me one. So, so for the record, I want to make a correction. I feel like Tobin's Spirit Guide would cost it would cost one mana, but it would be a blue white hybrid mana, so you would not be able to tap a green for it. At first, I thought it would be like a Selesnia card, like a green card or a green white card, uh, but uh, upon further thought, I feel like it would uh, be a one one for a hybrid blue white that gives you a one one flying uh, spirit token. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna need that in writing, and <laughs> I will submit it to the uh, I'll submit it to the board and see what they say. Yeah. Okay. I'm not so, a, I'm not the occult expert, but I can send it to somebody I, that is. I was I was well I was wondering if you were a Magic the Gathering expert since that was what I was. <laughs> I, was I know. I was designing just, the Magic the Gathering card. I'm so, just couching it in terminology that's friendly towards my fandom, but yeah, no, I have plenty of friends that are deep into magic. Actually, I feel like that'd be that might be overpowered. It might have to cost one and a one, or or it could be it could be cost the <clears throat> two hybrid mana. I don't know. I feel like that would be too powerful to give you a one one flyer and a one one on the ground uh, for one mana that was not even of a color because that's strictly better than Doom Traveler. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, although anyway. I don't know, power creep. I, think I don't it works know. as a as a plus one to damage for the board game. <laughs> Greg's like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a good way to put everyone to sleep. Let's just talk game mechanics. Um, normally we would have some questions, but because it is so late, I think we may have to hold yeah, off until I, next I, week. I was literally going to suggest that so you could get yeah. some sleep. Well, the, um, we've been going for. Uh, I think even omitting the even omitting the breaks and stuff, we've been going over two hours. So yeah, yeah, this yeah. has been ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our uh, recording is three and a half hours right now. So yeah, <laughs> is there anything anybody wanted to plug this week? Um, you can catch me on t- my new Twitter at this is emeralds, and I also have that as my Instagram. I think it might be this is emerald and not this is emeralds. Which is like a very slight difference, and also my data shared. I guess I could do that. This is a lot of work, though. <laughs> you, might, you might be giving somebody that is not you a bunch of followers. That's true. Okay, so I, so Twitter is definitely at this is emeralds with an S. Okay. Um, and Instagram is uh, this is emerald with no S. Okay. And then my Tumblr is our Tumblr is still dangerchair.tumblr.com. Okay. Jordan, do you have anything? Uh, I'll still plug Jesse Cooper's podcasts where he's doing turn to page and stuff like that. It's been going on for a year now. And uh, apparently for Christmas, someone sent him the Ryan North Romeo and uh, to be or not to be in Romeo and Juliet books that Ryan North and he had a bunch of friends make that are choose your own adventure. Like I played I played the app and like on like I've gotten the app version of it. Because it's a lot of fun. Like, I mean, just when I was looking at, it, like, you instead of going through the, because it like basically says all the choices that have a little uh, York skull by them are the ones that that uh, Shakespeare would have had the characters do. Um, but <laughs> apparently, when you start the 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 little the story, you can go and like you know 
give thanks to like learn who made it possible and stuff like that. And if you go far like far enough along that track of thanking people, he mm-hmm. goes into like basically thanking everyone and then going back into like time and, and space and and like to the first protozoan and the big bang and oh, and God. then back back forward. It's and in the app like it gave you a picture of this timeline of going back and forth that was made by um uh, what's his name from XKCD Randall uh, Brown. Yeah, Rand- yeah, made by Randall Monroe. It's 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 uh, wonderful, and uh, apparently he should be doing that pretty soon. Cool, sounds fun. Kendall, did you have anything? Uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, more ukulele videos on YouTube. I just did one uh, of me singing. Ho- Although it's not a ukulele video, is it? I have. I just did a video <laughs> of singing "Hotel California" in Spanish. Uh, and it was really good uh, on on my uh, classical guitar, which technically is not a Spanish guitar, but it kind of looks like one. And uh, yeah, I based it on a version made famous by the Gypsy Kings. Uh, so that's why the words are in Spanish because uh, they were <laughs> did it in Spanish, and uh, it was fun. Um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, K Hallman K H A L M A N. On YouTube, I'm also at K Hallman on Twitter, and uh, go to the War and Beast Facebook group. It does exist, unlike yes. <laughs> what that guy on the Teenagers with Attitude forum said. I'm calling you out, that guy. Although that he didn't know, he still knew. Although that yeah. uh, that well, he clearly didn't listen to the end of any episodes. <laughs> um, that that uh, that Optimus repaint looks of to make it look like. He he posted a picture of an Optimus repaint to look like uh, uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, and yeah. it yeah, looks really it good. Looks so cool. That was pretty great. <laughs> it looked and it's just like the paint or something. Something about it because I don't I recognize that that's like that the Legacy Collection or whatever the the one that you didn't like. Yeah, yeah. it's the yeah, one the that I didn't like, collection. but I actually like the the repaint. So, um, yeah. So good call. Mm-hmm. Come, Joe, come join our, our Facebook group. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, my personal Twitter isn't isn't that active, uh, except when I'm tweeting at uh, at audio entropy people. But you can find me at Tankhammer, and if you want to follow the uh, the Atlanta Ghostbusters Twitter, which I which I uh, run, it, that would be at ATL ATL Ghostbusters, and then uh, we have an Instagram at Atlanta Ghostbusters. Uh, where you can see a picture of me fist bumping a small child while walking in a parade, <laughs> and I look roughly ten feet tall. Aww. Awesome! <laughs> so that was that's pretty good. And my, and my friend Mike is behind me wearing a fez that has the logo on it, which is pretty great. Nice. Uh, we're we're in downtime right now until March. Uh, yeah. Then there's St. Patrick's Day and convention season starts up, and yep. yeah, because we'll it's a little be out cool of money for cons right now. So yeah, yeah. there's a good lull where we have to recuperate all of our all of our funds. 2016 was a very busy year. Yes, I can imagine. Um, as always, I shall uh, promote AudioEntropy.com. Uh, please check us out, as well as the other shows that we've got on there. Uh, shows like Totally Reprise, and let me tell you about Evangelion, and. Let me tell you about Homestuck and, of course, Teenagers with Attitude and many more. Uh, new episodes are going up almost every day. Uh, I try and retweet on our Twitter at Warren Beast 
podcasts all the time to let people know when new episodes are coming out. Um, as well as Kendall said, we've got our Facebook group. And if you want to shoot us an email, uh, we are warandbeastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on iTunes as well as Google Play. So if you want to find us on iTunes, uh, please feel free to rate and, and review us. And of course, I've I've mentioned it last episode, but I do have a personal Twitter. I'm not on it very much, but at Greg C M U N. Do you know the so URL of the of the Facebook group? Is it like HTTP colon slash slash Facebook slash War and Beast or something? I don't think we have to go that crazy about it. I just look it up right now. Um, it is facebook.com slash groups slash War and Beast podcast. Okay. Yeah. Just, just to be, just to be clear, so nobody has any excuse. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. didn't leave it as whatever, like the, the default, like number letter alphanumeric combo was going to be. No. <laughs> Good for yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. It's been another week. So uh, for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. Uh, and I've been Joe. Oh. And I've... <laughs> I've been uh-huh, I've been Waspinator. There, we're in alphabetical <laughs> order. <laughs> I guess Kevin would have been well, alphabetical to order voice. too. I'm too tired. <laughs> there you go, folks. Let's roll. Great, great episode, guys. <laughs> so tired. Good job, everybody. Pasta of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> do we do eat bits? <laughs>